This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here with half a voice. I'm back. That's better than no Dr. Matt. It is. It is. In fact, many say I'm even better without a voice. Terry was saying that. Maybe it's a get in here, exercise the voice, stretch it out a little bit. Yeah. It'll just kick right back into shape. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do it. Hey, welcome to the program. Happy Monday to you. You did it. You made it through the weekend. I took a a four-day break, Mm. but honestly, didn't seem to get better. Did you do the, the honey and the lemon? Days. Oh, and... I did everything. All right. I did everything. Gargle with salt water? Oh, yeah. I've done it all. The, the salt you melt the ice on your driveway with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that salt? Okay. Yeah. It was hard. Some people think they're mistaken. They think, like, you know, table salt is what you're supposed to use. No, you got to no, use... It's, it's the big chunk I like salt. sea salt, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Mm. <laughs> How about kosher? Maybe yeah, try kosher, kosher next time. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem. Hey, we got a great show today. We're going to be talking politics with Joe Cannon. He'll be on the show. He's our Washington insider. Joe in the know, we call him. He hates all of that. Yeah. But it, he's the only guy we know that knows a lot of these players. So I've got, I'm dying to find out what his take on the new EPA guy is because Joe worked in the EPA with in the Reagan administration. Right. So now you got a guy... It's over the EPA that doesn't believe in global glo- or climate change, global warming. It's a big deal. And apparently Walter White is going to be the new head of the DEA, <laughs> according to Saturday Night Live. Now, well, oh, is that right? Saturday Night Live? Yeah. That was a joke? Because that was a great joke. Uh, and who better to be the Secretary of State than the guy that heads ExxonMobil? Right. Because he knows all the players. He and Putin are buddies. Well... I don't know about buddies there. Oh, they're buddies. They had some good negotiating sessions. He, he won one of the highest awards for a non-Russian citizen you can win from Russia. How much did that cost? Tens of billions of dollars. Nice. Anyway, we'll talk about all of that fun with Joe Cannon. Plus, um, you know, we'll talk about my cold, of course. It was the worst thing ever. It was the worst. And Jeff gave it to me, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Why didn't well, I get it? I don't know. We celebrated uh, Pretend to Go Back in Time Day, and oh, we, we said that you would have gone back in time and not uh, – you wouldn't shake my hand. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, that would have been a good day to do. But I also – that I don't know if you remember this. I made a comment that, hey, usually I get a really bad cold, and uh, I had just said I'd, I haven't had my winter cold yet. You jinxed yourself. Man. I think a gypsy happened to be walking by at that very moment. I did see a gypsy out there. She had a little, yeah, little gypsy caravan. <laughs> Crazy. We'll get to all that fun. Plus, uh, you know, Donald Trump, uh, you know, as many say he's doing more as an old president-elect than any other previous president-elect ever. Some are, yes. He's, many think he's president currently. Not quite. Some are wondering where the president went. He's kind of being quiet. I think he's trying to clean up as much stuff as he can. You know, 
Trying to tie everything down. He's got to get his boxes ready to move out here in a, what, 20, what is it, 40 days, something like that? Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. What a great relief. Yeah, it's like. You're out of there. It's senior year. You have a couple weeks left. You're done. Now you know you're going to go make some money. All you have left is like pottery class. It's like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Is he in pottery class? That's what I did. Hey, uh, you got some headlines for us. I do. Sadie's gone. She's gone. I leave for a week. And Te- text her. Say goodbye. I did. Oh, uh, great. So let's get to the headlines, Terry. What's going on around the country? Uh, this morning, President-elect Donald Trump officially nominated retired Marine General John Kelly to head the Department of Homeland Security. It was reported last week that Trump would tap Kelly, but Trump had not yet formally offered the position. So it's official. That's out of the way. Donald Trump has chosen ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State, according to NBC News. The report cited two sources close to the situation, saying that Tillerson has been confirmed as Trump's pick after early being earlier, earlier being floated as a top choice. Tillerson has strong ties to Moscow, having secured a 2011 deal with the Kremlin to access Arctic resources in Russia. Weird. It's a good job. Uh, Congress said Friday they passed a stoppage, a stopgap funding measure to keep the government funded through April, despite strong opposition from coal state Democrats. The Senate passed a short-term funding bill, 63 to 36. The bill will go to the president's desk for a signature. The government would have partially shut down at midnight Friday had the agreement not been reached. Now they kick the can down the road to April about the next Congress and presidency deal. But yeah, that Donald will take care of that. Two prominent Republicans and two prominent Democrats have wasted little time in demanding a bipartisan investigation into the CIA's claim that Russian hackers worked to throw the 2016 election of Donald Trump, or the election Donald Trump's way. Uh, Democrats and Republicans must work together and across jurisdictional lines of the Congress to examine these recent incidents thoroughly and decisive, uh, devise comprehensive solutions to deter and defend Mm. against further cyber attacks. Yes. Signed by John McCain, Chuck Schumer, Lindsey Graham, and Jack Reed. President-elect Donald, yeah, I know he's like the fourth guy. He's from Rhode Island. Uh, President-elect Donald Trump has dismissed these claims from the CIA. It seems crazy if you're president to put down the CIA or president-elect because, yeah, I mean, the CIA, these guys, you know, can kill you. Not that they would, but. Right. You'd think you'd want them on your side. Yeah. But he's like, nah. Well, and meanwhile, he's getting a lot of pushback on the fact that he doesn't take CIA briefings or, or an intelligence briefings. He doesn't need them every day. He, he made a big point about that. He's a smart guy. Play what? Clip three. And I say, if something should change from this point, immediately call me. I'm available on one minute's notice. Right there. I don't have to be told, you know, I'm like a smart person. I don't have to be told the same thing and the same words every single day. But I do say, if something should change, let us know. Now, in the meantime, my generals are great, are being briefed. And Mike Pence is being briefed. I'm being briefed also. But if they're going to come in and tell me the exact same thing that they told me that, you know, it doesn't change necessarily. Now, there'll be times where it might change. I mean, there'll be some very fluid situations. I'll be there not every day, but more than that. But I don't need to be told, Chris, the same thing every day, every morning, same words. Sir, nothing has changed. Let's go over it again. I don't need that. Hmm. But when the CIA comes out and says there may be evidence that shows you know, problems yeah. with the election, and he comes out and says, ah, that's, that's a lie. Like, it seems like he doesn't know what the CIA's evidence is. Well, he I'd, would be someone they would tell that to, right? Because they haven't told the American people, obviously. But right. 
they probably would tell the president-elect, here's oh, yeah. what we have. Well, but see, I think that's the – supposedly the FBI doesn't think that there was conclusive evidence and the CIA doesn't need evidence. It just goes for inferences. Well, the data shows yeah. it happened. Right. So now we believe the FBI – it just depends on who you want. I mean now they believe the FBI because there's not enough evidence. But you don't need evidence to know that a state was conspiring. And I think it's beyond the election now. There's probably no way to unwind it if there right. is a problem. And right. I, I don't know if there could be enough influence to affect it in, in, in that way. Right. But at the same time, find out what they're doing and stop it. Well, that's why it's bipartisan, right? Senator McCain, Senator Graham, Senator Schumer, and Jack Reed. This other guy. Senator Reed. <laughs> but, so it's bipartisan, and it should be. That's smart. Right. You can't have other governments messing with our election process. So important story. How did Jack Reed get on there? Jack's, you know, I mean, you got you got some name, Harry. huge names here in Congress and then this other guy. Well, Jack, Jack's the guy that nobody knew about until Harry Reid left. OK. Now, with Harry Reid leaving, other Reed. he fills the gap. But we, he's probably on the Intelligence Committee and he's probably the number two yeah. Democratic chair. He's actually pretty high up. Yeah, but, he's a smart guy. Now we're just learning about Jack Reed. Yeah. So he'll be fun to play with for the next few years. <laughs> but it's bipartisanship. That's good. Well, we'll see. You can't – Senator Graham said it very well. You can't have other countries messing with our process. Can't do that. What about the accusation that we mess with other countries' processes? Well, not a problem. Okay. We do that all the time. All right. Just checking. I don't see the big deal. I think South America is – Yeah. Pick a country. See, okay. Do you think if we gave Donald Trump the immigration test that they give all the new immigrants trying to come into the United States, do you think he'd pass the test? No. So if I were Donald, I would just do the intelligence briefings until I could pass that test. Okay. Just keep taking it. Yeah. Even if they say the same thing every day. We had a guest on talking about this this briefing that, that the, the president-elect and the president get. And it's like they can mold that thing to whatever yeah, they want. You can make it anything you want. If you just yeah. want it verbal, they'll come in and talk to you for five minutes. Yeah. But – just you're. I think you're missing. You're arguing the wrong point when you're saying I. I got this. Yeah. They don't. He doesn't know anything that's going on in the world, really. I mean, nobody does, unless you're briefed. But his people are briefed. His generals are briefed. Right. And they'll let him know if something's happening. Oh, brother. Or he'll see it on the news. But uh, he does have a really. This is Donald Trump's profound response to. Russian hacking. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's just another excuse. Uh, I don't believe it. Uh, I, I don't know why. And uh, I think it's just, uh, you know, they talked about uh, all sorts of things. Every week it's another excuse. We had a massive landslide victory, as you know, in the Electoral College. I guess the final numbers are now at 306, and she's, you know, down to a very low number. Uh, no, I don't believe that at all. So it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that his win wasn't legit. No. It just means Russia may have been conspiring to turn momentum toward Trump. They were trying something. Yeah, doesn't, see, you know, stop it. But it's almost like he's offended that someone's saying, no, you cost the victory. The Russians gave you the win. Yeah. But I don't think that's what anyone's saying. Well. Well, I mean, the Democrats are. But – John no. Senator John McCain's not saying no, that. No, he's, he, he's looking at it as a bigger picture of our elections need to be protected. 
Some people are looking at it like, let's get this information out there before the Electoral College votes, and then we can stop this Trump machine. But a lot of – It's like that's too far Who was it? Somebody made a really good point that you can't – there wasn't a KGB officer forcing Hillary Clinton to put everything on a private server. Or was there? Or was there? And and maybe they gave her the inside tip to ignore Wisconsin and Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. And or, by the and way, maybe they drugged her. That's why she got all wobbly. Need who knows? All these things could have happened. <laughs> when she was getting into the van. And was the, whose van was that? Yeah. Whose idea was it to have the Scooby Doo van? Russia. That would have been awesome if she rode around in the mystery machine. <laughs> that would have been so good. She would have won the election. That's for sure. Um, boy, neat thing. Um, apparently, Rick Perry may have a job. Uh, yeah, these are interesting when you get these lists of people, Yeah, right? Because we had, uh, for Secretary of State, you had uh, Romney, John Huntsman was yeah. in there, Giuliani was in there right. for a while, and then this other guy Corker. comes in and you're yeah. like, who? Who? Till- Tillerson? What? And, it, and so you, you, you kind of go back to this whole idea of it's a show, and we're just putting names up there to kind of get everyone talking about different things, and then all of a sudden Rick Perry's on this list. Now, Rick Perry is the guy that was famous for three things. Right? Didn't he? Didn't he make a comment? He, but he couldn't remember the third thing on Could, education. He he was trying to. We'll just play the clip. It's funny. It's three agencies of government. When I get there, that are gone: commerce, education, and the um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. <laughs> Com- the Energy, commerce, education, and uh, the um, uh, uh, EPA. EPA. There you go. No. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk deposition. Seriously. Um, is EPA no, the one you were talking about? Or? No, sir. No, sir. We were talking about the um, agencies of government. The EPA needs to be rebuilt. But There's you no can't, doubt about but that. But you can't name the third one? The third agency of government, yeah. I would I would do away with the education, uh, the uh, <laughs> commerce, and let's see. I can't. The third one, I can't. Sorry. Oops. Oops. So um, <laughs> it was energy. Yeah, it was energy. Was it energy? Cause, I believe and so. that's the one he's going to be over, isn't it? That's the one Donald Trump's proposing that he be over energy, but he couldn't even remember his department. It was it was a hard thing to watch. Yeah. Luckily, they let it go for a while. It says, Perry currently sits on the board of Energy Transfers Partners, which is behind the controversial pipeline running through North Dakota, which mm-hmm. has all the protests the last few weeks. Also in the running are Senator... Heidi Heitklamp of North Dakota, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, and former RNC Chief Jay Washburn. Which is interesting because two of those are Democratic senators, I believe. Yeah, and it says any of the four would break the recent tradition of appointing a scientist to the post. Yeah, you don't need a scientist. No. Especially when you're not going to believe any of them. No, it's fine. But it's interesting because uh, Heitkamp, she's a senator from North Dakota. Meinkamp? No, uh, oh. I think that's a book. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm not sure. Um, Heitkamp. I think, yeah, uh, Heitkamp. She, she, though, here's what's crazy. If he appoints her, then North Dakota is a Republican state. They would appoint a Republican to take her place in Senate, mm-hmm. which would give the Senate another Republican. Right. And it would be brilliant move against the Democrats. And I guess Manchin is Manchin a he I think he's a Democrat as well. Yes, because there's two Democrats West, in there, yes. West Virginia. Yeah. Hmm. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Yeah, you and John Denver. Um anyway. Fun. Yeah. Isn't this exciting? Hmm. We'll see. I think I missed all of this. 
Nah. Yeah, good point. Didn't miss much. <laughs> it kind of stayed the same. There was new names, yeah. but it was all the same. So let me get this straight. Russia, uh, according to Trump, not not involved in the election. No. It's ridiculous. It's the Democrats just grasping at straws. Yeah. And uh, John, you remember John Bolton? Yeah. He's the uh, the bushy eyebrowed yeah. former UN ambassador under George W. Bush. Uh, uber conservative, yeah. He was up for possibly like Secretary of State, but now they're saying maybe an undersecretary. Yeah. And he was talking about how this whole hacking thing could be a false flag operation by the U.S. government. Says who? Says John Bolton. It's all just a distraction by a Democrat in the charge of the U.S. government trying to derail a Republican president-elect. Makes sense. But he's, we don't know. So he no. just tossed it out there on the news yesterday. So if Tillerson <laughs> becomes the secretary of state, then he could put John Bolton as his right-hand man that actually runs the, the place. Right. And then Tillerson could just go around and do oil deals. It seems interesting that uh, – if you got the biggest oil company president mm. as the secretary of state, yeah. what would the energy department do? Um, work with the secretary of state on energy policy. Yeah. Because apparently he knows about it, right? Right. And he can talk to Vladimir and we can get those. Vlad. <laughs> so apparently this is this is a really powerful cabinet, right? Lots of billionaires. but A they, former CEO of WWE. Yeah. The guy that currently runs Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. Oh, yeah. A bunch of people from Goldman Sachs. It's great. Cleaning the – draining the swamp. Draining the swamp. Well, we're going to find out what uh, our Washington insider Joe Cannon says. Joe in the know. Just pick his brain. Find out what he thinks about some of uh, these latest picks. Get the inside scoop. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you uh, see the good in the world. We'll be right back. Friends to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here. Back with 20% of my voice, which is 100% better than last week. But surprisingly, uh, more percentage of your brain usage. Mm. I lost some. Otherwise, that would have been more eloquent. Yeah. (laughs) Questionable. Joining us is Joe Cannon. Joe is our Washington insider. We call him Joe in the know. And uh, he has... A strong history in the political world, uh, chairman of the Utah Republican Party, was a candidate for U.S. Senate, also served in the U.S. EPA and, uh, administration um, agency uh, under Reagan, was an editor of Deseret News um, as well. And we just like to have him on the show to to find out what we're missing and what we need to pay attention to when it comes to all things political. Joe Cannon, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Matt. Sorry about you. You know what? I know. Well, that's what my wife's been saying for years. Sorry about you. But uh, it was crazy. I just got sick and then the cold never went away. It was one of those. My my voice totally went away. Wow. I'm sorry. You know what? It was a nice break, but not really because the entire time I couldn't do anything. Um, So, Joe, what do you think about what's going on with Donald Trump? He's, He's filling the cabinet right up. 
he's definitely filling it up at least as fast as anybody else in the past. And, yeah. Uh, uh, pretty interesting choices. I mean, if, if you hadn't listened to the election, you know, there was a Republican elected and not a Democrat. Most of these choices are pretty standard Republican choices. Now, some of them reflect a very deep ideological bent, but a lot of them are just the kind of people you'd expect to see uh, in in any you know Republican uh, cabinet in general, and maybe with a kind of an edge toward Ronald Reagan. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, he's, I, I guess, is this, are these normal, um, the EPA pick, uh, somebody that doesn't necessarily believe in global warming, for example? Well, boy, <laughs> there's a lot to be said about the EPA pick, but uh, let, let me just say that no matter what Trump says about how open-minded he is, on the environment, that's a quote. He says, I'm open-minded on the environment, and I'm open-minded on climate change and global warming. Uh, that Maybe that's true, but his appointments uh, are very you know, strongly opposed to uh, policy measures on uh, climate change. Mm. And, I, and I'm including that dis- in that discussion. We, we don't know for certain, although for a very wide range of sources is predicting that Rex Tillerson from Exxon Mobil. Yeah. Okay. Most people, when they hear that, they think, oh, okay, oil. I mean, we could talk about Tillerson in a second, but Tillerson is at the heart of a big fight with um, pro-climate change persons, people versus anti-climate change uh, people. You've got uh, uh, several attorneys general are actually suing Exxon kind of under the theory of the cigarette cases that, that, mm. that uh, Exxon somehow knew, knows, and has known about the evil effects of climate and has hidden that fact, and therefore they're liable. So uh, what ExxonMobil has done is just fought fire with fire. So they've gone back, and they're, fi- they're getting other attorneys general to fight that are sort of not in the climate war uh, to fight against those attorney generals who are. Anyway, there's a lot about this, this Tillerson nomination that also, apart from everything else, of course, you know, there are, there are other major issues involved in that discussion. But it's pretty clear from the EPA pick and the, you know, prospective state pick that uh, not, there's an old cliche in Washington that people the personnel is policy. Mm. And so you, you brought up the EPA uh, guy, Scott Pruitt. Uh, he's clearly a person who's uh, uh, skeptical, at least, on uh, on climate issues. And I might say kind of along the order of uh, uh, when President Reagan chose Ben Gorsuch in, in 1981. Um, you have kind of similar, you have outsiders coming in. And it'll be just interesting how they are able to to work. It's it is interesting, I guess, because you've got um, so many. I mean, the, the talk is you've got all these billionaires. You have all of the Goldman Sachs, uh, two or three appointments from Goldman Sachs. Um, many are questioning: Is this really a draining of the swamp? These just feel like a bunch of good old boys. Yeah. Well, that's a, of course that's a. Uh, an increasingly common refrain is, are you, are you training the swamp when you're bringing in 
uh, a lot of the same kinds of people. Now, I just say that um, Treasury tends to be pretty much the same in and out of administration. And I think Congress is going to have a lot more to say about economic policy hmm. than it has in the past. So I, I don't know about draining that swamp, but wow, if you put a if you put a Tillerson Bolton team at states, that that could be very dramatic. I you know, I don't know, you know, Tillerson's not known terms of what he is on on uh, where he is on state but he's an awful smart guy and, and if it's true as also reported that john bolton will be his deputy uh that is a very strong team at state to do whatever it is that that uh, president trump wants mm. well and i um, mean he makes a good point if if tillerson already knows Putin and a bunch of the players, because he, especially in the Middle East, he's been wheeling and dealing Exxon Mobil fuel and and oil issues. Um, I mean, I guess that's good to have a player that knows the players. Uh, that's that's true. He definitely knows the players uh, to the extent you believe that our entire Middle East policy revolves around oil. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't, Joe. You're, you're kind of putting somebody in in there that has, a, you know, I don't want to say bias in the in a bad sense, but that certainly has. Uh, uh, it's very difficult to to move away and change your DNA. Yeah, people generally act the way their cultural, political, social uh, DNA is, and Tillerson is nothing if not oil in his entire career. Uh, spend as an engineer moving all the way up the ranks and an extremely strong CEO, extremely strong views. Uh, a lot of, a lot of big time CEOs don't, uh, you know, offer their views on, on at least some issues. Uh, Tillerson is very strong, very smart guy and very strong. Mm. And of course, very committed to, to oil. Yeah. And, I mean, again, it sounds like this is going – this is just keeping a promise Donald Trump has made about, you know, pipelines, you know, economically we're going to be viable and independent uh, fuel-based or uh, country. Um, do, do you sense – a lot of the big commotion is about that these are people that are used to getting stuff done. These are all doers. Sure, they're billionaires, but they're billionaires because they get stuff done. Do you is this setting it up for the fact that Donald Trump's going to get a lot of stuff done? Well, yeah, of course, uh, you, you know the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. But every indication that you've seen so far, including many of his actions, just acting as president-elect, you know, there's almost nothing traditional right. about Donald Trump, and so he's already acting doing a lot of things as president-elect that I think show show what his inclination is going to be on day one. I think on day one, you're going to see a lot of things. I mean, everyone sort of knows, sort of baked in the cake, that he's going to revive, revoke uh, a bunch of the um, uh, executive orders, a bunch of executive orders. But, wow, there's so many different things that can happen from a budget standpoint. Uh, his appointments will hit the ground some of them hit the ground running. I think there's not going to be much opposition, although in the case of Tillerson and in the case of uh, Pruitt at EPA, 
you, you could find some interesting things happening. You know, McCain has already come out. Remember, it's, it's 52-48 mm, in right. the Senate. Right. Uh, and so and you've got a couple of blue state uh, Republicans. Of course, you've got eight or ten red state Democrats, that is, Democrat senators who are up for election in 2018 in states that Trump carried, in some cases, in some cases very decisively. So it's going to be really interesting how, how, mm. things, uh, how things fall. But I, I think his appointments, by and large, are going to get um, confirmed. Yeah. And and that's going to lead to a lot of different action because I, in, in, in virtually every case, he has made statements or his supporters have made statements that are very strong on agenda. And one thing that's not quite, quite so obvious, but it, it bears noting that the, the all, there's a lot of focus on the people being put in places. And that's, that's, of course, that's obviously critically important. But there's a whole team of people, by and large, from the Heritage Foundation who are formulating uh, policy and what the policy is going to be. And that's pretty, pretty interesting. There's going to be a kind of a policy framework pretty much in place from the beginning that is going to be implemented by, by a lot of these folks. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, the answer going way back to your original question is there going to be a lot of action right out of the chute? And the answer is yes. So, for example, you you brought up uh, in the we were talking about Tillerson a little bit about oil pipelines yeah. infrastructure in the United States. Trump said something said, "Yeah, I'm not going to say what's going to happen, but we're building that pipeline." And he was oh. talking about Keystone. It was talking about the North Dakota pipeline, but it wrapped kind of into that discussion was was Keystone. He says you're you're just going to see a different uh, picture when it comes to uh, building the infrastructure needed to um, continue to develop uh, oil and gas resources in the United States. Man, this has got to be interesting for you and uh, what you do in just trying to lobby um, and, 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 and keep the fuel costs lower in the United States. Is this, I mean, from your perspective, how do you, what yeah. are you looking at? Well, uh, you know, we haven't talked a lot of the program about what our foundation does, but Bottom line is we are very strongly in favor of cheaper, cleaner, American-made fuels. So in the Obama administration and in a prospective Clinton administration, there was a lot of focus on what are the benefits to climate change from using domestic sources. Well, climate change is pretty much off the table in a Trump administration. But what's not off the table and where we are very strong – we, our foundation, Fuel Freedom Foundation, very strong on jobs, economic growth, economic development, mm. use of domestic resources, and national security. That is to say, let's produce uh, our own fuels here. So even now, we've, we've, we've increased dramatically in the production of oil, but we still import uh, about half of our oil. Uh, one of the things we as a foundation say is, look, we've got enormous reserves of natural gas in the United States that's very cheap. Is there a way to get that into the transportation fuel system? If you had a if you had a transportation fuel system that was that had more competition in it, 
uh, and used more natural gas, you would really move the needle when it comes to uh, national security and our dependence on foreign sources of oil and also on the price of oil. The price the price would come down. Natural right. gas is much cheaper than petroleum on, a, on an energy unit basis. Well, and that's what we keep hearing. We did some interviews with coal plants and their goal would be natural gas and, uh, you know, eventually using natural gas to to kind of cover the times when coal plants weren't or able to, you know, when coal plants needed to burn at night in order to, or I guess natural gas could burn at night because, you know, cellular or uh, solar panels aren't going to work at night. So, um, I mean, there's, I guess that's what's crazy about this is you, you now have a president elect and he's stacking the deck. Um, it seems like we, and, and you've got Congress, you've got, Though you're going to have both chambers of Congress, you're also going to have the Supreme Court to stack. I mean, this is quite a coup for the Republicans. Well, yeah, it's very fundamentally different than uh, than 1980 when President Reagan was elected, because there you had uh, a Democratic House, right? And and actually, after a little while, you had a Democratic House and a Democratic Senate. And initially. Uh, the Republicans did win the Senate in 1980, but that that changed over time too. So, yeah, whenever any you know, whenever the president wanted to do something substantively, uh, aside from budget issues, uh, it was blocked by the Democrat House of Representatives. That that is not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. You still have, in some cases, you have the filibuster. Uh, in the Senate, but as Harry Reid has said, and I think lots of people believe, that whatever's left of the filibuster rule is going to be modified, if not completely done away with, Mm. uh, over the next, I believe, over the next few years. Yeah. Man, man, man. Joe Cannon's joining us, our Washington insider, Joe in the know, we call him. We'll take a break, come back. I want to find out Joe's take on Russia and the, the release of information from the CIA saying they believe that Russia was involved in trying to at least do something uh, impacting the elections here in the United States. We'll find out if this is something we need to be paying attention to. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Joining us, Joe Cannon, our Washington insider. Joe in the know, we call him. He's also CEO of Fuel Freedom Foundation, uh, an organization designed and trying to lower your fuel costs here in the United States. You can go to fuelfreedom.org to find out more information about that. But, uh, Joe, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks, Matt. Hey, um, so apparently, depending who you talk to, Russia was involved in trying to sway the election. Um, uh, now we have bipartisan agreement. Senator McCain, Lindsey Graham, Senator Schumer, Senator Reid are all combining saying we need to investigate whether Russia played a role in the election or not. Something we need to worry about? Well, I, I think you've got some pr- pretty smart people saying that, that Russians were trying to influence our election. Did they influence the outcome of the election? You know, I don't 
I don't know if that's knowable or could be knowable. It seems like there were massive trends that didn't seem too susceptible to Russian mm-hmm. interference. But, but so I, I kind of doubt that the outcome is in question. But, of course, if we have cyber threats to the United States of any kind, and we know there are multiple or on business fronts, on political fronts, and, and we have adversaries. I mean, uh, as Mitt Romney said, and has now come to be believed by many people, Russia really is an enormous threat to our national security. They're going to use every tool that they have at their disposal to undermine and weaken the uh, United States of America. And one of those that appears to be pretty clearly was an attempt to uh, interfere some way in the election. So how and why and to what extent, I think uh, lots of people want to know the answer to that question. And I'm a little perplexed at Trump's uh, uh, defensiveness around this. I yeah. don't quite, quite understand. I mean, you've got it's a pretty legitimate question. Uh, there, you have some pretty smart people saying, yeah, it was a problem, it's an issue. Why not find out? Why well, and it doesn't mean out? they swayed the election. It might just mean they tried to influence it. But, I mean, you won. So it, it, there's a weird thing going on, it seems like, with Donald and the CIA. Like he's out of hand just dismissing the CIA, then simultaneously frustrated that he has to take intelligence briefings. Um, right, right. It, it seems like you, you ought not, you know, make the CIA mad. Well, maybe, but as we've said uh, endless times in the last year or so, uh, there's almost nothing normal about Donald Trump's approach to things. And you, you, one of the things, and it's for, honestly quite refreshing, is he refuses to just take at face value the received wisdom of Washington, D.C. Mm. And one of those areas is the strength and the influence of the CIA regardless of who the president is. So I, I do think he, you know, there's a whole inside the beltway discussion about when the when CIA leaks things, when they don't, what kind of influence do they have that may be disproportionate to their role. I don't, I don't know the answer to any of those questions. I know that a lot of smart people worry about it. And so uh, maybe he's just posting up as he does on all kinds of things. Mm. Okay, use the CIA bureaucracy. You're no different from any other any other bureaucracy, and I'm going to be looking at this whole thing as much as I can on a clean slate. So quite a lot of his actions seem to be in that direction, sort of what I'll call posting up against the established Washington perspective of things. Mm. He's clearly outside the beltway, and I was going to, you know, early on you talked about their appointments. A lot of his appointments are certainly familiar with the Beltway that bring a pretty significantly different perspective. And you, t- you take the CIA director, a uh, very, very smart guy, and and I would say kind of a skeptic of um, that some things that have gone on in the intelligence community. Mm. And, and that guy's going to be head of the CIA. <laughs> it's... it's um, I, I guess the, the thing is, it looks like, too, he's doing is... He Donald almost doesn't want to lead any of this. He, it seems like he's choosing people that will go in, take over and lead and then just kind of return. And, you know, he'll he'll give his input. But 
it's almost like he's getting a bunch of independent leaders. Well, you know, I don't know really how Trump runs his business, but most successful CEOs, that's how they manage. They put a person in charge and they, the person does the job. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of evaluation. I mean, there is, but it's basically, look, uh, you're the CEO of a, of a company. You've got a human resources director. Are you the CEO? You're going to be the human resources VP or are you going to let that person be the HR VP? I'm just using that as an example. And the, and the answer is most effective organizations, especially big ones, you have to put teams of leaders in place and give them uh, so they're subject matter experts, they're managerial experts, you want them to do their job. So they have a, a general mission, and that mission is formulated in the policies of the company, mm-hmm. policies, plans, strategic plans. So there's a, a whole a bunch of planning that goes on. But at the end, end of the day, um, the managers have the responsibility for executing. And it looks to me that that's that's who Trump is bringing. He's not bringing in a bunch of sycophants. He's bringing in people who are strong in and of their in their own right and capable. And um, looks looks to me like he's going to delegate quite a bit. It'll be really interesting to see how the cabinet is managed. Uh, there, there are a lot of different models, and the model has increasingly over the years been that very tight control in the White House of uh, policy, personnel, and planning. I don't think that's going to radically change, but I think you're going to see a lot of running room uh, hmm. given to these cabinet uh, appointees. Dude, many are saying that this cabinet really re- uh, represents Mike Pence. This is like Mike's cabinet as well. Do you do you see his hands all over this? Well, definitely. <laughs> he's a, he's a, gonna be, for all the reasons that we just talked about, he's going to be a stronger VP, I think, than a lot of people expected. He's sort of the chief operating officer. At least that's how it's, it appears from the outside. That that he's uh, having a lot of influence on these on these picks, but I think that there's still the unmistakable stamp of Trump. I mean, he's met these people, so even if if Pence were to suggest a person, Elaine Chao, just for example, uh, Trump is going to put anybody in there who he personally doesn't feel pretty comfortable with. Yeah. At least that, that's what it appears. Again, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're, we're all like the blind men in the yellow. You know, <laughs> we, we, you, you know, something's going on. We see pieces of it. But I think a lot of it is going to be rolled out. He's very keen. He, Trump, is very keen on this first hundred days, what's going to happen in the first hundred days. And I think uh, it's going to be much more Rooseveltian than people expect. Every president since Roosevelt. Well, not, not, I don't know about Eisenhower, but most presidents since Roosevelt have wanted to do like 100 days. I'm going to roll my whole plan out in 100 days. I, I'm guessing that we're going to see a lot of very concrete, specific um, actions starting on January 20th. Mm. And do you think, um, again, that the media... Are they because nobody really knows what to think of him, knows what to do with him. But are we still all underestimating him? 
Well, boy, I think no one since Ronald Reagan has been underestimated as uh, much as Donald Trump by everybody. So not just the media, by you, by me, by yeah. almost any any observers uh, have been, have underestimated him, and he continues to surprise people. And I will say from a lot of Republicans, a lot of my friends who are Republicans who were Trump skeptics are becoming less and less skeptical mm. uh, as they see, again, personnel is policy. And for a lot of, of what, what Trump is doing through his personnel picks, uh, the pretty traditional conservative Republican agenda. Yeah. The difference, the difference now is there's not much in the way of checking it. You know, I, I read uh, the Democrats are going to, you know, they're going to object to this nominee or that nominee. Uh, they are. They might be able to pick off a few Republicans. I don't know. But by and large, things are just going to go through the way, the way Trump wants them to go through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Joe, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for your insight. Joe in the know, we call him. He's the CEO of Fuel Freedom Foundation. Go check out his website, fuelfreedom.org, and find out the battle that uh, they are taking on to lower your fuel costs and improve jobs and the economy by having a more independent fuel-producing um, country. Power, power, folks, in that. We will take a break, come back, and wrap up hour number one of the Matt Townsend Show, helping you see the good in the world. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, again, it depends who you're listening to and, and what you're worried about. But for eight years, there's been a style, a certain approach to government and uh, to belief, a, a global world, a global economy, right? Um, openness of borders, openness of mentality. Uh, and a lot of people struggled with that feeling like their religious beliefs weren't being paid attention to their their you know their voice wasn't being heard and yet um now that as things have switched things have changed it, this the shoes on the other foot so to speak so remember in the country it's still a united country we still have to get through this together and i think just being magnanimous being bigger than we all have been would be very helpful for those that are now in power or gaining power and those that might be losing power. This shift goes on and on. What part of the process are you going to play? Are you going to just continue to throw the darts and uh, and create the accusations? Or are we going to try to make this place a better, a better country, a better place to live? It's not easy. And uh, no matter what, remember, we're one disaster away. We're one major issue away from everybody being united again. 9-11 brought us together. We don't need a disaster to come together. Sometimes we can just use our brains. Anyway, we'll take a break. Hour number one in the can. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you see the good in the world.
The Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here. Your coach, your guide on the side. Top of the morning to you. I know I don't sound like it, but I'm feeling a lot better than I have in a very long time. I'm losing my voice already. It's weird. I have no depth of voice. Hmm. Just it's, stay vertical. You'll be okay. It, I mean, really, I've got this fine little area that I can push voice out. Just I can't sing. do my Oprah high voice Don't anymore. sing. Don't sing. Can we get like a, a cot or something in here that you can lie down on and do the show? Oh, that would be fantastic. The funny thing is I, I felt good enough like last Thursday. I could have come in, but my voice wasn't working. I thought it was because you were too hooked on Arrow. I watched a lot of Arrow. Sorry, I should have specified that that was a TV show. Yeah. Otherwise, it sounded like you were hooked on some... Some drug. Yeah. Arrow. You got to stop taking that arrow. That arrow, man. I can't get enough of it. I watched a lot of Arrow. I watched some Flash. You, you need to watch... I watched Grimm. You took Flash, too? Yeah. You got to stop. It's a great week. You have to watch the Arrow and Flash sort of yeah. together because uh-huh. there's crossover yeah, things that cool. affect both of them. And so you watch one, you're confused, and you watch the other one, totally, you're like, oh, okay. Totally. You watch both, bada-boom, bada-bing. And I was telling when you told us that last week, they or a couple weeks ago, they had a four-show crossover. No, I, I, in fact, that's so, what I watched, and because I had watched Flash, and they had crossed over once, and I didn't know who they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had Flash, uh, Arrow, and then the Jetsons showed up mm. with the Flintstones. Was that, were no, those the no, four? No, no, and Grimm. Oh, they used to do that all the time, right? The Jetsons would somehow end yeah. up on the Flintstones and vice versa. And then the Jeffersons. Yeah. That Animated. Jeffersons yeah. and the Cunninghams used to know each other, didn't they? Or was it... Uh, didn't the Jeffersons play off of... Oh, no, they played or was with... was it... Um, who was it? Uh, who's the curmudgeon old man? That, yeah, yeah, all in the family. All in the family guy. That's where the Jeffersons came from? I think so. Wow. They all have spinoffs. Those are the days. So, yeah, some of these shows, it's confusing. But I'm glad you, you spent some time watching some quality TV. Yeah. <laughs> it frustrates my wife when I'm watching TV. She she doesn't... Did you look at your wife and go, you have failed this house? She wants no? me okay. She wants me healthy, but it really disgusts her that I sit there just sick. What are you going to do? I don't know. Like, she one time she came home, she's like, did you just stay in bed all day? <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. And she's like... It's almost like you see, purposely manufactured this cold. When I was a kid, if my mother would have said, you could stay home sick, but you can't watch TV, I would have gone to school. Yeah. I had friends or moms did that. My mom would leave, and then I'd turn the TV on, but then when she'd come home, she'd check to see if the TV would been on. She I, could feel the warmth? Yeah. yeah. The worst I was ever sick, I was sick for an entire week in junior high. It was the week of the first Persian Gulf War. Oh, boy. I just sat there and watched it on TV. It was like a video game. You just watched the war coverage. That was awesome. That's sad. In the mind of a junior high school kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Like, look, Jets. That's cool. Look how cool, Dad. Um, They'd come home. I'm like telling them foreign policy. They're like, well, you need to stop watching CNN. Wow, you're messed up. Yeah, Mom. (laughs) That was, I saw some serious uh, But General Schwarzkopf, it was awesome. Oh, he was a stud. Yeah, he was fun. Those were the days. 
Now Donald Trump has three generals. Yeah, it'll be great. One's named Mad Dog. Mad Dog Mattis. He says be polite, be courteous, and have a plan to kill everyone you meet. Can Arnold be one now that he plays one on those video game commercials? No, he's the apprentice. Or he's oh, the, that's right. Yeah, he's the you're fired guy. So he's busy. Yeah, it's too bad. It's all good. It's all good. we got a great show. Today we're going to be talking about how to improve your business savvy mm. with some psychology. Savvy? Savvy? There was a show I watched once that said savvy is what's called when you cheat and don't get caught. Mm. Savvy. Savvy. Well, like Donald Trump has tax savvy. Like Bill Belichick in the yeah. New England Patriots. Yeah. He cheated for a long time. Was well, it cheating? cheating? Only when he got caught. Right. Before, it's called savvy. He's just, he's he's cunning. Now, that's probably not what this guy's talking no. about. Hopefully. He's, he's talking about <laughs> other good things. Just little business ideas, but certain philosophies, 11 mental habits that will improve your business savvy. Nice. We need those. Yeah. We'll get to all of that fun, um, um, but first let's get to the headlines with Terry. Terry, what's going on around the country that we need to be paying attention to? Breaking news this morning, the ongoing saga of the Green Party and their attempts at a presidential yeah. recount. Federal judge blocks Green Party bid for presidential recount in Pennsylvania. Why? Because they don't. She didn't got, She didn't garner enough attention or votes know. to... Over the last week or so, there's been local courts, federal courts. They've said, you're on, you're off, you're on, you're off. So now, officially, it's off until so someone overturns Officially, the it's court. off in Pennsylvania, and isn't it off in Michigan? Sure. Oh, no, Michigan's over. They finished their recount Trump one. Oh, okay. Done. Is Hillary behind any of this? No. Okay. No, Hillary's out... Wandering she had in the woods. Her campaign, the last you know vestiges of it, have a lawyer attached, but they're just kind of there just in case something happens. Yeah, you got to make sure your votes are counted properly. We're, we're there. Uh, other news. Senator John McCain has become the first Republican to express doubts about President-elect Donald Trump's potential nominee of Rex Tillerson for Secretary of State. Over the weekend, uh, McCain told Fox News he was weary of Tillerson's links to Russia. He said, I don't know what Mr. Tillerson's relationship with Vladimir Putin was, but I'll tell you, it is a matter of concern to me. You want to give the president of the United States the benefit of the doubt because the people have spoken, but Vladimir Putin is a thug, a bully, a murderer, and anyone else who describes his as anything else is lying. There you go. John McCain. John McCain. Other new staffers at the Department of Energy say President-elect Donald Trump's transition team is seeking a list of employees who have worked to cut carbon emissions, a move many fear means an impending purge of those fighting climate change. A report from ABC over the weekend said staffers had received a 74-point memo on last week asking for information on several of the department's programs as well as a list of names of staffers who worked on certain projects. Hmm. Kind of a witch. They feel it's a witch hunt. It might just be the fact that the new boss has a different idea. Yeah. Just a different view. Who knows? Clean out your desks. A small group of top tech leaders will attend a summit with President-elect Trump on Wednesday in Manhattan at Trump Tower. According to numerous sources with knowledge of the situations, believe that the heads of Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Google, and Google will be in attendance. Amazon CEO and founder Jeff Bezos was invited, said sources, but is unlikely to attend. He owns the Washington Post. Yeah. Kind of a tense situation there. Yeah. Trump's, Trump's called out to going after Amazon for antitrust. So Bezos might not be there. The, the, uh, the head of Twitter and the head of Uber, it's unclear if they were invited or not. So we'll Interesting. see. Interesting. The meeting set up by the Trump team will discuss a wide range of business and social issues. Also, the weekend box office, the musical La La Land. Ah. Had a very limited release. It was only in a few theaters in New York and L.A., 
It made $855,000 only in five theaters. Wow. That doesn't seem very big. It broke all kinds of records for being such a limited release. Hmm. $30 million film, blah, 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 goes on. Also, it opens on Friday and more of a wider release. Also, Moana topped the weekend for the third week in a row because there's nothing out that there. Girl's bad And the it doesn't really matter because Rogue One Star Wars Story opens this weekend. You know, I think La La Land also swept the Critics' Choice Awards, too. Really? Won like seven or eight of them. Remember the Critics' Choice Awards? No. Yeah. They have the blue carpet. No. I thought that was AT&T. Mm. They may have that too, but they have another blue carpet thing instead of the red carpet. Uh, didn't you get your Rogue One tickets like six months ago? I got them two weeks ago. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, you ready to go? Or are you oh, yeah, yeah. Packed your lunch? Friday. No lunch. Friday, what time? Like four-ish. Wow. Yeah. Okay, remind me. We got to talk about that Friday. We'll, I'm sure we'll be reviewing that movie. It'll Friday. be coming up, yeah. Well, I can tell you right now. No. It's awesome. No, no. Don't don't even worry about it. Are they are they giving it the Phantom Menace treatment where they're showing it around the clock? Uh probably. Do you remember know. when they did that? I don't know. I had the Phantom Menace on treatment with my cold. Hmm. If you guys want to know about it, but it was around the clock. Well, there, I'm sorry. Well, one night I couldn't sleep. Really? I think I had I was too drugged up. So did you go watch TV? No, I was tired of TV. Really? Hey, I just there's walked around the house at night. There's nothing like uh, watching the Flash when you're on the Arrow. Good point. Totally. As you said, yeah, you were grabbing my Grim. That was a great movie. Grim. My kids now are way into Grim. Hmm. My wife doesn't like it because it's Grim. Well, and people turn into animals. Oh well, there's that. But just know. don't get into Supernatural. Right. It's fun, but, you know, it's also not fun. Hey, do you hear about this? uh, Police say a thief stole an 86-pound bucket of gold flakes. Yes, I saw the video of this. Worth $1.6 million. How do you, I mean, 86 pounds, that's a big bucket of gold flake. Uh, It's just a, yeah, he just grabbed it and went. Well, you don't grab it. I do farmer carriers that are heavier than that. 100 pounds in each hand. Hold on. Yeah. Farmer carry? That's what they're called. You pick up a farmer? No, you pick up heavy weights and you walk 50, you know, meters or whatever. Okay. Police are looking for a New York City uh Were they gold-frosted flakes? No, these were just gold flakes. Just a oh. bucket of gold. He just walked up to the back of this. He, the video shows him. He stops, kind of looks around. Just took it right off the truck. Just pulls it off. He said, they say he walked down to the end, of the end of the street, into the block, and set it down to rest for a second. Whew, that's heavy. And then he picked it up again and kept walking. The unidentified thief swiped the five-gallon metal bucket. So imagine a five-gallon bucket full of gold flake. And a guard briefly went to the truck's cab to, re- to retrieve his cell phone. That's when the guy grabbed it. Walked away with it. Did he also steal some milk? No, I think you're thinking cereal. These are, these are gold flakes. Like... Oh. Maybe I'm just hungry. Like to, yeah, maybe like if you were like in a gold flake, uh, I guess. A, so they weren't like potato flakes or? No, 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 okay. no, no. But, you know, the guy got a few blocks away. Lots of other pedestrians and vehicles stream past this guy as he's walking with a bucket of gold. Wouldn't it be great if somebody got out and offered to help him? Can I help you with that? <laughs> Can I help you with your bucket, sir? It is the Christmas season, so... It took the thief an hour to complete what would normally be considered about a 10-minute walk. Then he hopped into a white van and he fled away. I mean, that's... So they had an hour to get him. Yeah, they didn't get him. 
security I, video, though. And I was just, I'm just checking news feeds, and he has not been caught. What do you do with a bucket of gold flake? You find someone, and you fence it for actual money. I thought you were checking to see if it was cereal or not. No. Okay. It's been confirmed. All right. Not cereal. I'll drop it. Yeah, no. I don't know why you always go to gold flakes, like when you think of cereal. It's not. I mean, it's gold. You don't remember uh, gold flakes as a kid? No. I think it's the, the cereal that Donald Trump ate. Oh, Gold Flakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the Goldfish Goldie. Yeah, yeah. That was a great movie. Golden Grams. Golden Grams were yeah. good. Golden Girls. Oh, the Golden Girls. That cereal, when that came out, it was huge. Yeah. Some of them were flakes, weren't they? You got like the little, you know, the little marshmallows of all the Golden Girls. You had mm-hmm. the B. Arthur yeah. and the I Betty felt White. weird eating the B. Arthur one. Yeah. It's a little bitter. Yeah. <laughs> like licorice taste. Old school licorice. Hey, um, you know, we always like to uh, coach the con. Hmm. And public today, service, public service. It's a public service thing. Today, um, you know, what we like to do is we, we actually get a con to do the coaching. And we found a con in Russian prison named Maxim Maximov. Hmm. But uh, some brothers apparently were arrested for driving a dirt bike through Walmart in their cape and underwear. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's the story, yes. And um, brothers Justin and Howard Bell were arrested this week. And so we decided you can't do that. You, you can't run around in your underpants in yeah. Walmart. Right. So the problem is the the, the uh, costume. Yeah. Just lack of planning. Lack of planning. And Moxie Maximoff is going gonna, is gonna to give him a little talking to now it's time for Maxim, Maxim, most Maxim. Здравствуйте, меня зовут Maxim Maximov. Hello, my name is Maxim Maximov. I may be inmate in Russian Gulag, but I am sincerely wanting to give back to community. I do this by answering letters from fellow inmates and help them to be reformed and quality individuals. Today's letter from inmate number 692-456. He says, Police arrest me and brother for driving dirt bike through Walmart wearing nothing but cape and speedo. Police catch us after we post video on YouTube. Was that mistake? Well, Tavarish, here are three tips to help you when or if you ever get out. Number one, when you fail to make statement, you stating that you are failure. Reason no one from store report you because this sort of thing everyday occurrence at Walmart. Number two, get with times before time get you back. You fail to realize that you not in touch with current fashion experts who say capes out this year should have ridden through store in toga. Number three, real crime that you go without shirt in public. Who you think you are? Only man who look majestic riding without shirt is Putin. And you, Tavarish, not Putin. That sound mean time to go. Please join us for the next episode of Maxim Maximov's Maxims. До свидания. Hey friends, it's Ron Brokaw here to tell you about Diddy Dental. You know, when I was thinking about getting my first set of grills... 
I went to one of my homies and asked him which dentist had the best selection and the best prices. My number one homie said, hey, why don't you head on over to Dr. Diddy for reals? He got what you need. Well, I took his advice and I've got to say I couldn't be happier with my experience. Dr. Diddy's office was very chill. He made me feel like I was hanging at my own crib. And Dr. Diddy has hired an all-star staff that really cares, including doctors Funky Fresh, Bubba Gum, and Harvey Rosenthal. So whether this is your first or 51st set of grills, do yourself a favor and go to Diddy Dental. And be sure to tell them that Mixmaster Ronnie sent you, and Dr. Diddy will hook you up with a killer dizzyle. We out. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. Because life doesn't come with a handbook, you need a coach. Here's Dr. Matt and his coaching corner. Play ball! Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, um, so much to talk about. I've been gone for so long. I realized that the reason I probably got sick last week is because I was supposed to start a new health fitness program for a little TV spot I was doing. They asked me, what have I never, ever, ever, ever had? And I thought, well, I've never had a fitness coach. So... They were going to film me with my fitness coach getting in shape and put me on a new health regimen. And right when all of that went down, bada boom, bada bing, I got a major cold. You know, got a major cold. So I couldn't do it. Not my fault. Not like I didn't try. But now this week, apparently, they're going to put me on a, an elliptical. You haven't lived till you've seen me on an elliptical. <sighs> I won't be able to breathe. My hands and legs will be flailing. And I probably won't be able to watch Netflix while I'm doing it. Because they'll be filming me. Why? Why do we do it? Hey, um, I thought as we're waiting, we're trying to get on our, our guest about how to improve your business savvy. And uh, we, you know, one of the things we're trying to figure out is how to improve the phone savvy. Get the guy on the line. But while we're waiting, I wanted to uh, do a little coach's corner with you about five truths to help you access the heart of others. Because we sit here in this world trying our best to influence all of these people in our lives, including our children, our teenagers, you know, our family, our friends. We want to influence them. We want to help them live the best life they can live. And yet we, we kind of, I don't feel like we're very good or effective at knowing how to access their heart. How do I get someone else to follow my advice? It's not easy. Five truths to access the hearts of others. Truth number one, you must remember people trust those who understand them most. If you want to access another person's heart and get them to follow you, They've got to believe that you understand them. They got to believe that you care, but that you get who they are. We are very influenced by people that seem to get us. Think about it. Who do you trust the very most in life? I'm going to bet those are people that you feel they understand you. The fastest way to get to somebody and get them to listen to you is to try to understand their point of view. Doesn't mean, by the way, you have to agree with their point of view. 
But you have to understand what they're feeling. You have to be able to explain it to them in their language, right? We as humans have evolved to follow our gut. We, we follow our gut. And when somebody, our gut tells us that somebody gets us, we trust them. And so many times I feel like people are giving advice to other people before that they've earned the, the gut check. If you try to advise somebody before you've earned their trust, it's useless. That's why, you know, our teenagers, even if you're right, it doesn't matter if you're right because your kids aren't going to do what you say until they get that you understand them. So one question to ask yourself, think of somebody you're struggling with, somebody you want to influence in life. Does this person that you're trying to influence sense that you truly understand them? that you get them from their perspective. Because if you don't, guess what, folks? It won't matter what you're doing. It won't even matter how brilliant you are. It won't matter what you have to say. Another simple rule, access to the heart must be given. It can't be coerced. Meaning you can't force them. You can't trick them. You can't demand. You can't try every other way to get access to another person's heart. You can't cajole it. It's not going to happen. So if you want to influence somebody, say your teenager, to do what you need them to do, or a fellow worker, a coworker, if, if you can't influence them and you, you're not going to manipulate them into doing it, this is just human relations, right? It's human relations. So people... Let's not try to take advantage of people. Let's not try to force them. Let's not manipulate them to get what we want. Let's work with people. Let's slow it down. And let's see if we can't get more by working with them than trying to just force them or trick them. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about how to improve your business savvy, 11 mental habits that will improve your ability to get stuff done with others, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. We'll be right back. The Matt Townsend Show. Psychology and business success go hand in hand, right? It's been well documented that people like Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, Richard Branson all have unique mindsets that have contributed to their success. Thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become habits, habits become character, character becomes destiny. All that jazz, right? Our thoughts are powerful. And here with us to talk about uh, thinking and how our thinking improves our business opportunities is Neil Patel, uh, Patel, co-founder of The Crazy Egg Company. And he's here with us this morning to talk uh, about things that we can do to improve our minds and become more business savvy. Neil Patel, thank you so much for being with us today. And no problem. Thanks for having me. This is um, I love this topic because there is there is an inherent mental strength. It seems like with successful business, because if not, you'd be quitting. I mean, business is tough, cutthroat even at times. Talk to us about how you came up with uh, your 11 mental habits that uh, you, that you uh, wrote about in, on Inc. Magazine. 
Yeah, sure. Um, you know, just years of experiencing. So, uh, you know, like being in business for whew, 16 years now, no, 15 years, Yeah. you eventually figure out things, right? I'm not the smartest cookie, but through trial and error, you really figure out what not to do <laughs> and what to do and what to focus on, right? So I like looking at it as a process of elimination. You just slowly don't do this, do this, don't do this. Um, but the real, I mean, and you see a weird thing going on with Donald Trump where he has a completely different, and he's, I mean, I guess an extreme case, but he's a business uh, success. Um, but he he takes in, it seems like, a lot of your, uh, these mental habits, because some of these, the very first one you mentioned is have a po- have positive beliefs. Believe in opportunity, in the positive op- opportunities that are out there. Yeah, because if you're very negative all the time, then nothing's going to end up happening, right? If you don't believe things can happen, then why even give it a shot? For that reason, you need to have positive beliefs. And speaking about Donald Trump, right, he also has, which is the second one, which is have unshakable confidence. Mm. No matter what you end up telling Donald Trump, win, lose, or it's not going to work that way, he doesn't care. He believes in his own way, and he's super confident in his own ability. Do you think you're born with that? I mean, how do you – it's a habit you're talking about, a mental habit. But how do you – I mean, I know people that are brilliant. You know, they've, they've gone to great schools, but they still don't have that unshakable confidence. You get it over time. I don't think uh, – some people could be born with it, but most people end up learning it over time, right? Yeah. Donald Trump, when he was born, came out of his mother's womb. He wasn't just super confident. Yeah, he gained that over time. And a lot of times it's life experiences that make you more and more confident, such as if someone, let's say you're working in the corporate world and someone keeps telling you a good job and more people telling you a good job. And after a few years, eventually you're going to be like, I'm really good at what I do. Why? Because everyone keeps saying you're amazing, you're doing a great job, uh, you're kicking butt, whatever it may be. And eventually that helps build up your confidence. You're like, I'm really good at what I do. (laughs) Yeah, you start to believe it, don't you? Another great point you bring up as a mental habit is use fear as your fuel. Uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, sure. So if you look at us as human beings, a lot of the reason why we survived and lasted so many years is because of fear, right? For example, we know that, like, hey, you touch fire, you're going to get burned. Be afraid of it. Be afraid of earthquakes, tornadoes, etc., common disasters, whatever it may be. So similar in life, how there's things that you could be afraid of. Same goes in your business. It could be the fear of failing, the fear of not succeeding, whatever it may be, fear of letting people down. You can use that fear instead of having it be like, oh, I don't want to let people down. I can't give it a shot. It should be more so like, oh, I'm afraid of failing. I'm going to give it everything and make sure I succeed so I don't fail. Because I guess the, in the end, um, it's a constant source of potential fuel, right? I mean, if, if fear, if you're somebody that feels fear a lot or uh, is, you know, noticing your fear, that's not going away. This is something that you could have every day in the business world. That's correct, yes. Do you, do you notice it? As, I mean, as you work with experts uh, around the country and, you know, consult with experts, is it – I mean, I look at these mental traits. Some people just are, they're just tough people. They're just, they're almost, um, they're almost non-feeling. They're non-emotive. Does, is there an advantage to not being a feeler? 
in the yeah, business well, world? Well, when you don't have as many emotions, uh, everything's way more cut, uh, black and white, cut and dry, right? So over time, uh, emotions is good, but over time what you'll realize is you'll have less and less emotions when it comes to your business thought process and thinking because a lot of these emotions uh, can cloud your judgment, right? You want to have a clear mind when making decisions. Right. And I guess um, – I get the the tweaking of the fear as your fuel, I guess, makes it so that if I do start making – if when I make my mistakes, which are going to happen to anybody in business, um, I'm going to be able to look at my mistake as an opportunity, a learning moment instead of a major failure. That's correct. And you have to think about it this way. Everyone fails in business. Um, they make mistakes. So look at – uh, for example, Mark Zuckerberg, right? His first uh, shot at taking on Snapchat didn't do so well. Uh, when he, when Instagram started rolling out features that were similar to Snapchat, that did quite well. He learned from his mistakes. Not everyone has a perfect track record. And the way you look at failure and mistakes is technically you're not failing unless you just like, give up. If you don't give up and you keep at it, there's still hope. So, you know, keep pushing forward, learn from your mistakes, learn from what didn't work out, and keep trying things. That's what all the greats do, right? It's like you think every shot that Bill Gates took was successful, every shot that Elon Musk took was successful. No, they all had their ups and downs. They learn from their mistakes, they keep pushing forward, and they don't give up. Hmm. Do you, I mean, I, when I look at it, it's it seems like the more time, and you're saying this, the more time we're doing these principles the easier they get to do over time. And some of that is, you know, if I'm, if I'm not, I'm more willing to risk with my second million maybe than my first million. Um, is it success? Does, does it, does this become easier once you are having some success? Yeah, it definitely becomes easier. Um, because again, you'll start having more confidence in yourself and your abilities. Uh, you also know that once you start having some success that you can make it back as well if you lose it. Do um, one of the mental habits you were talking about that is they kind of go hand in hand, refrain from second guessing yourself and don't dwell on your mistakes. Uh, th- this, again, seems like the idea that don't hinder you through thinking your future action. That's correct. A, a lot of people... Uh, just take no action and don't do well because they keep second-guessing themselves, right? Like it's analysis paralysis. Everyone like, keeps overanalyzing and thinking instead of just going out there and doing. Does – when you talk about this and you – I mean I know you write a lot of articles uh, and do a lot of work with companies like Amazon, NBC, GM. How do their – I mean the, their leaders I'm assuming, um, a lot of them are young, younger tech uh, do you see a generational difference in some of these philosophies, or do they do they kind of cross generation? I see them cross generation, right? So, uh, with a lot of these companies, funny enough, in management, they're not that young. You're still seeing people in their 40s and 50s uh, leading these upper management roles because they just have more experience when it comes to managing, you know, large quantities of people in big departments. Hmm. Is uh, is the world of training, of corporate development, of management development, is it is it what it used to be? Because nowadays it seems like, too, they can go online, they can find a website like yours, they can, they can learn more just kind of, you know, virtual learning versus sitting in a classroom at the, at, uh, at the company. 
is is learning these skills is it changing in how we go about taking them in it is uh you know there's places like udemy where you can get training online you don't necessarily need to keep going to college to get more training uh you're learning online by reading uh first-hand experiences you know the youtubes of the world they're giving you a lot of videos and training material so yeah times are changing when you uh, were putting together this list of the 11 mental habits that will improve your business savvy that uh, you wrote about on Inc.com, one of the uh, the points that you made is the fact that we need to maintain objectivity. And it seems like in our world where a lot of us aren't you know, necessarily gathering data from neutral objective sources, we all kind of go choose our favorite source of news, our favorite source of information. How do we maintain objectivity in a world where, you know, a lot of times we don't have to get it? Yeah, that also comes out to when you're making decisions, you need to just sit back, right, try to clear your emotions, and then from there make your decisions. Like, that's the simplest way, and the reason being is when your emotions, that's when things get really clouded, um, and you don't necessarily can maintain your objectivity, but assuming that you can just push your emotions to the side just for this decision and look at it from an outsider's perspective, you can view things as like a neutral third party. Mm. And it, it, I, I know as a kind of a businessman that it's sometimes it's hard when you're everyone's on your payroll and everyone's listening to you and they think you know what you're doing that everybody a lot of times you don't get as much feedback but I guess you're saying ask for it put it out there get people to give you other points of view that's correct push it um, another point you make that I f- really find interesting and I've seen it in my own life is minimize multitasking Talk about that and the impact that this this mentality that we're multitaskers, how does that negatively impact our business sensibilities? Well, when you're multitasking, you're not focusing. When you're not focusing, you're not doing one thing exceptionally well. So if you just sit down, focus on one thing, and that's it, you're much more likely to do better, right? Because it's like you put more time, attention, energy into that one thing and get it perfect. Yeah. Or get it right, execute faster, see results quicker. Does, it's all about focus. I mean, it really is. We can't do everything, right? We've got to choose maybe the one or two things that make the biggest difference and and make and 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 take advantage of those. How do we know how to prioritize what's the number one or number two thing? Yeah, uh, you look at it from lowest hanging fruit, right? So once you're like, okay, here's the lowest hanging fruit in the business, then you end up going from there. Um, and I usually prioritize based on what's the lowest hanging fruit that could have the biggest impact. That's smart. And then you you just, like, what can I do to have the most leverage today and then just start doing that one thing? That's correct, yes. That's cool. That's pretty basic, isn't it? Talk about uh, your number 11, um, know when to take a break. There is a point, and as we're entering the holiday season, there is a point that it's just probably better to go, you know, you know refuel, reignite your own candle, get yourself back in track than it is to keep chasing something that's not going to happen this year. Yeah, uh, if if you don't take breaks, eventually you're going to end up getting burned out. And for that reason, you want to take breaks. So when you're feeling tired, exhausted, uh, you can keep pushing forward, but sometimes just taking a break re-energizes you and you're better off. Yeah. 
I mean, I needed one. I got so sick because I hadn't taken a break that I had to take a break. Well, Neil, we appreciate your great insight. Again, everybody go to the website, neilpatel.com, neilpatel.com to get more information about uh, Neil's uh, great writings and other information opportunities about 11 mental habits that will improve your business savvy. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here. Terry's got some headlines for us. Uh, well, or just, I guess, low low lines. You know, your decision. Yeah. I'm going to leave it open okay. for interpretation here. Lawma- lawmakers in Washington State are floating a controversial idea to let sports fans bring guns to the stadium. Mm. Under the proposed amendment to state code, private entities that operate stadiums would not be able to prevent people with licenses for concealed guns from entering while armed. Okay, so so this is like a sporting event. Yes. Where they sell beer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they can then bring in a concealed weapons yes. permit and a gun. In this case, the law would cover CenturyLink Field, where the Seattle Seahawks NFL team play, and Safeco mm. Field, where the Mariners play. Okay. Not on board with the idea of the NFL. Yeah. Probably don't like that idea. Like, well, we haven't seen the legislation, but we have a policy forbidding carrying weapons into any NFL stadium. Yeah, it seems like you don't want to start that. You could go on YouTube, type in Seahawks fan fight, and probably see someone in the stadium fighting. Yeah. And it, if the Raiders show up... Brr, who knows what's going to There's happen. all kinds of problems. If you want to see Raiders and, and uh, San Diego Charger fans... Like I, people have died. Yeah, they don't like each other. By the way, the first time I saw Safeco Field, I thought it was Safeco Field. Oh, Safeco's a great, great field. <laughs> That's understandable. Jose Canseco. Yeah, Safeco. Safeco. So, yeah, w- w- watch that. Um, if that uh, happens in Washington State, I don't know what the leagues will do because they all have policies yeah. against that. Well, again, there's alcohol sold. There's a lot of energy about a bad call by a ref. It seems like it would put the ref's lives in jeopardy. People get out of hand and there's confrontations and then you have a weapon on you. What is, what's going to happen? It's funny. It never realized, I never dawned on me that people that aren't carrying, that, that they aren't carrying guns in these places. Yeah. I just assumed. They, they're searched at the door. Mm. So. Interesting. Interesting. Back in 2006, one of the world's most reputable, or reputable, reputable, or reputable, reputable, whichever, bed makers. Hastings out of Sweden mm. launched uh, the Vitus or Vividus, the, the Vitus, the Vitus, a bed that took 160 hours to build and came with an astonishing price tag of one thousand. Oh, I think one hundred twelve thousand dollars. And I, I saw that I, at IKEA. I, it took Probably. me in that, about one hundred and ten hours. Created to, to improve on the company's already exceptional mattresses, some of which have lasted more than one hundred years. Wow! It is now being updated a decade of research and work later. The new Vividus takes 320 hours to make and will set you back $149,000. That was that was our wedding gift. You know, uh, my my parents said, here's this bed that we used and was used before us for generations. This is a bed that's been in the family for 20 generations. $149,000. Okay. People, people are paying that. The bed consists of a wooden frame made of slow growth southern Swedish pine. Okay, so there's $12 of wood. <laughs> it's slow growth, though. 
Okay, $15. Okay. A box spring of pure steel springs with layers of cotton, wool batting, and horsehair. Okay, $30. A mattress pad that has its own layer of cotton, wool, and horsehair. Each hair braided by hand and then unwound to maximize bounce. Wow. Okay, so we're up to $50 of And then materials. it says, why horsehair? Its strands are hollow, so it naturally wicks away moisture. So I think when people are asleep on that, or when they're trying to go to sleep on that bed, instead of counting sheep, they're counting all the dollars that they spent on that bed. Yeah. 155000 So That's it says, not worth it. Whether one of the world's most expensive beds is also the best is, of course, arguable, but the uh, Bloomberg writer says he tried one out, and he says, I am spoiled forever. Okay, let me get this straight. Yeah. The number one bed's $150,000? $112,000. What's the number two bed? One hundred fifty. That's the step up. The upgrade from the 112 is the 150 Okay. Yeah. What's the number three cost? I don't know. They haven't had a number three. There's no need. They have a number two. Do you need your your sleep to be that peaceful, though, really? No. All you need is what I've learned, NyQuil. NyQuil puts you to bed like a baby. And no horse hair had to be braided. So this, the, on the, I, guess, I think it's probably on the website. There's a testimony from a fifth-generation owner, <laughs> right, of one of these beds. He declares yeah. the bed to be the company's best and says its first night in, in the new model was like rediscovering sleep. Wow. The Ty Warner suite at the Four Seasons in New York boasts these beds. It'll cost you $45,000 a night to stay in that room. I'm sorry, but for that price, you better be able to travel back in time or something. Is that over the top? Is that Man, too much for a bed? Yeah. But think of the sleep. You know what? For 150 grand, I'll sleep with you and rub your feet. <laughs> what do you think about the the individually wound strands of horsehair that are then unwound to gross. maximize bounce? It's gross. <laughs> gross. I don't want horse hair in my bed. You know, isn't there a guy that uh, tried to not pay that much, and he just, instead of doing the horse hairs, he just had a horse head in his bed? Yeah, that was, that yeah, was a different, that different, was a different oh. thing. But he I didn't, bet he didn't, he didn't sleep very well. He did not sleep very well. No. And finally, as uh, I did with my kid last year, if you go to the NORAD website, yeah, yeah, Santa. Christmas Eve, you can watch Santa Claus as he makes his rounds. They've done this for 61 years. They have an app now. They have oh, a website. They've updated yeah. for the new yeah, generation. Yeah. You don't want to have to. It used to just be something that they'd show you on TV and go, oh, go to bed. And then you give away all the secrets, all the yeah. you know, army intelligence. They have uh, 1,500 volunteers that contribute each Christmas season because they take this mission of tracking Santa so seriously. Wow. So where do I get the app? It's on your local everyday app store. Man. Whatever phone... I'm in a weird stage because no one in my house cares anymore. Yeah. Where Santa's coming from. Just as long as he leaves the goods. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. But I know I'm now going to ask for a $150,000 bed, that's for sure. It's like rediscovering sleep. I feel bad for the horses. And the horse hair is so bouncy. At that point, why don't you just buy your Tesla and sleep in that? Oh, yeah. No horse hair involved there. But you said the inside was like... It's just very basic. Very basic compared to other luxury models. I mean, you're paying $150,000. Yeah, you'd think they'd be braiding horsehair and then Something. unbraiding it. Yeah, so it's bouncy. Jeepers, creepers. <laughs> creepers is Do you the think word. that's a real thing? How horsehair being bouncy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think it smells like a horse? No, they've washed it. They've washed it? Okay, I mean, good. Whew. It smells lemony fresh. I think I think they apply quite a bit of glue in those beds, too, speaking of horses. Wow, that's mean. Or dog food. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> we'll leave you with that one, folks. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, working on my voice. Good to be with you. Top of the morning to you. Happy Monday. You're back at it. Life is good. You're breathing Today, we will be talking about how to avoid holiday weight gain, which, you know, we're here to save your life. Joining us will be Karen Mangum, by the way, the mother of BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. Who's got a big game coming up. He's got a huge game coming up. And uh, Karen, we're going to find out from Karen. She is has her own website, and we're going to pick her brain. The website is insidekarenskitchen.com. She's going to help us get through the holidays without gaining any weight and uh, still having a great time. you got to love that. She's a big fan of the show and is one of our contributors. She's going to— Has she listened? Yeah, she loves the show. Awesome. She can't get enough so of it. So she's listened and is still a fan. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. Still a fan. True believer. You can't beat him. I'm looking at her website, chicken enchilada chili. Looks good, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, she had that. one She had one over the holidays with uh, Brussels sprouts over Why? Thanksgiving because it's really good. And so I had my wife make it, made it, and it was really good. Really? Yeah. Are they covered in chocolate? Nope. I <sighs> love chocolate-covered Brussels that sprouts. That would ruin the healthiness-ishness. But, but it would being. improve the taste. More people would eat it. Nah. Maybe not. It had walnuts in it. Ugh. Walnuts and cauliflower. Chocolate-covered uh, walnuts? Oh, no. I love that. Oh. Nope, nope, no chocolate. So there was no chocolate in the food that you ate? That was good. Hmm. I had my own my own bird, and then over here I had some stuffing, and over here a big pile of Brussels sprouts. Are you being paid to say this? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Though if the Brussels sprouts, you know, board or whatever they're called, if they want to spokesperson i'll help you i don't know how effective wait, i would be but i would the, brussels sprouts the spokesperson for for brussels sprouts is called board oh no no you were saying the board of brussels sprouts if they have a board okay oh, or, board. Or if they have a national like council okay. you know there's like the national dairy council yeah why is there a national brussels sprout growers council? of america there yeah are, there is yeah we could bs of a <laughs> brussels sprouts of america nice yeah, if they need someone, I'm here. It's a great association. Karen Mangum will be joining us. Um, we'll talk to her. Plus, we'll visit our good brethren at BYU Sports Nation. I haven't talked to them forever. They missed you. They did. They. You could hear it. Yeah, they were. They sad. Did they have a sad? Not really. Yeah. They just went. Oh, he's not here again, and they moved on. They were so mean to me. Were they? Yeah. Oh, this will be fun. They they uh, ended the interview after like a minute, mm. multiple times. Did they really? Like they're done. Yeah, they had a walkout. Did they? Yeah. You got to, you got to, you got to. said, enough of you. This is our show. And then they shut it down. Jeez. They just ran through their show real quick. I feel bad. No eloquence at all. Well, we'll, we'll bring that back. One day in protest, they just read statistics. Of oh boy. The games. Boring. Boring. So we must have they, lost a lot they, of listeners. They filibustered our little segment. Man. 
I'm sorry. Sounds like you had a hard. I, I tried to listen to the show, but I kept falling asleep. Hmm. I don't know why. Because you're on drugs. Hmm. You're on cold medicine. It's really hard to stay awake for this one. <laughs> I told you, stay standing. It's hard because I really I'm I'm highly medicated. <coughs> you and, seem very lucent, though. But and look at Jess coughing too. I mean, yeah. I can't be around. Do you know who's not coughing? You're not coughing. Yeah. <coughs> it's amazing. Oh, there's Hillary's cough. I, that's where we got it. It was from Hillary. I got all wobbly need like Hillary did. Oh, and there's Donald. too. Wow. Yeah. Everyone's got a little something. You are spreading it all over. I know. It's all good. He's all good. Uh, we'll get to all that fun, but first to the headlines with Terry South. Terry, what's going on around the country? Thanks, Matt. President-elect Donald Trump's rejection of the CIA's conclusion that Russia attempted to manipulate the U.S. elections on behalf of on his behalf, has led to an unusually rocky relationship between the incoming administration and the intelligence establishment, which Trump's team has dismissed as, quote, the same people that said Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Oh, wow. Which is true. Given Trump's proclivity for revenge combined with his notorious thin skin, said Paul Pillar, former deputy director of the CIA's counterterrorism center, This threatens to result in a lasting relationship of distrust and ill will between the president and the intelligence community. Mm. So, getting started on the right foot. Yeah. Uh, Trump said that he'd like to have his daughter and and son-in-law involved in his work in the White House. In an interview with Fox News Sunday, Trump said he was working that out when asked if Ivanka and Jared Kushner would be moving to D.C. with him. He says they're both very talented people. I would love to be able to have them involved, he said. If you look at Ivanka, she is so strongly, as you know, into the women's issues and child care. Nobody could do it better than her. Hmm. I mean, there's millions of women doing it. As well as her. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for his hus- her husband, he's a very talented guy, could potentially help secure deals with other countries. He's a deal maker. He's a deal maker. Concerns have arisen in recent weeks about Trump allowing his family and business to benefit from yeah. the presidency. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Nah. Uh, two University of Louisville football players and another student were shot early Sunday morning at a party to celebrate team quarterback Lamar Jackson's Heisman Trophy win. Oh, wow. Yeah. A sophomore linebacker and a junior linebacker were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Now, what they don't say is the coach will think about life-threatening injuries when you have players... Jeez. Getting hurt off the field doing something dumb, it seems like. The shooting occurred at an off-campus apartment, and a student shortly was, says that sent, the university sent out an alert to students to stay in place, and further details not available. But Louisville plays in the Citrus Bowl well, against LSU. So they were celebrating the quarterback's Heisman Trophy. Trophy win. and Somebody had a gun. and Oh, boy. Stupid things See, happen. This is why you can't bring guns As soon as the they stadiums. recover from injuries, they do... Lots of laps. Lots of wind That's sprints. That's it. Run, 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 run. You guys are running. And this from a note from last week. I uh, thought this was interesting. Apple paying a $450,000 to settle allegations that the company operated and closed two hazardous waste processing plants without submitting the proper paperwork to California environmental regulators. Hmm. The agreement announced Tuesday involves a now-closed plant near Apple's Cupertino, California headquarters and another one nearby Sunnyvale, California. Uh, the state's Department of Toxic Substance Controls allege Apple opened and ran the closed facilities without regulators' knowledge. Okay. Now, the fine, $450,000. The company reported revenue of $234 billion in 2015, Yeesh. meaning the settlement cost a little over one minute 
of the company's income. Yeah. They'll, they'll learn their lesson from there. They'll be fine. <laughs> I have a feeling they'll be fine with that. One minute of their income. <sighs> I didn't know that... <laughs> they ran hazardous waste like, do you, processing do you, plants. That's weird. Like, that's Does that company. go on your profit loss statement? I don't know. Where do you put that? Do you declare that? Hey, so what did we do with the hazardous waste plant? Well, we shut it down. We shut it down and moved it to Sunnyvale. That's crazy. Didn't know you could do that. Hey, uh, police seek a pair who stole a dump truck huh. just to drag away an ATM. Well, We're searching for two people who they say stole a dump truck from a housing development and then used it to drag an automatic bank teller uh, out of a grocery store in northeastern Pennsylvania. Hmm. <laughs> nope, there it goes. Here it comes. The uh, police in Covington Township say the man attached a chain to the machine at Bill's ShopRite grocery store shortly before 2 a.m. Then you just drive away, I guess? Just drag it down the street, or do they... Yeah, officials confirm that the vehicle is a $70,000 plow and dump truck. And uh, it's been... The stolen truck has since been recovered as part of the ATM, um, as, as has the ATM. The men were wearing masks and heavier clothing, so you couldn't. Uh, so I know who it is now. It's it was the arrow. It was the arrow. He has driven a the dump truck. I think on the hood, show. Right? Yeah. No, I've seen the show. Yeah. He was called the hood. The hood. And then he, he used took to be on called the, name, the hood. The arrow. Right. Well, because they had problems with the hood. Well, actually, they didn't want to call him Green Arrow because at the time it was too close to the movie Green Lantern, which was just horrible. They didn't want to have yeah. any sort of attachment yeah. to the color. So now, then they got rid of calling him the Hood. Yeah, they call him Arrow. Arrow. Then they started calling him Green Arrow, and I think they're back to Arrow. Just went nerd alert on us. Yeah, the one of the coolest days as a kid was when my dad showed up with a dump truck. Well, no, why? Just for your birthday? Or? Well, no, you're you're trying to build up the backyard, put in some uh, topsoil. Oh, the, really? The dirt that we had wasn't so yeah, good, so he needed... went and got some some good soil so we yeah. could grow a garden and grass and everything. What a good dad! And so he we went and got a dump truck. Yeah. And he, he, you walk out the, you know, the back door of your house, and there's a dump truck. You're like, this is awesome. All the neighborhood kids are over watching all the dirt come out. Right. And then when you, my dad goes, jump in, and we hop in up in the cab, and he takes us back to the place to get another load of dirt. It was awesome. My dad did the same thing, although it was because I didn't clean my room. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So he needed so he to made try. he made good on his threat. What did he did he take everything out of your room? Oh yeah. I had I was left with like a pencil and a pet rock. Man. That's smart. <laughs> Sorry. You seem down. Well, I had to make do with a pet rock. And I he did a lot of this with the pencil, you know, like yeah. wagging it up yeah. and down like so it looked like it was pencil. rubbery. Yeah. You got really good at that. A lot of teeth marks. Hey, uh, Brit- uh, Britain's found a new plastic five-pound note bearing the portrait of wartime Prime Minister Winston Churchill have fallen foul of thousands of people who object to the use of animal fats in their manufacture. What? So a bunch of vegetarians. New British banknotes fall foul of vegetarians. Yep. They're not vegetarian enough. No, they have animal fats in them is the problem. The vegetarians don't want to touch the animal fats. You Why? would think that these animals would be okay with shedding a few pounds and letting I, it just go elsewhere. I think it's different pounds. Yeah, it's oh. not a weight loss. So they put, oh, pa- they pounds, they put yeah. 
fat in their poundage. Yes. In their pounds, in it, their money. It, it helps in some of whatever quality they're looking for in yeah. the actual note. An online petition against the banknotes started by campaigner Doug Ma, who's was... Uh, who was signed by more than 13,000 supporters. It's unacceptable to millions of vegans and vegetarians in the U.K., Ma wrote. Actually, only 13,000 people in the U.K. Yeah, but he says it's unacceptable to millions of vegans because they're not, they shouldn't have to carry money that has animal fat in it. Okay. So those millions are just not... Taking so a stand, what? they're not coming no, forward. Yeah, they, they didn't want to sign. Should they just get a debit card and they don't have to carry the money? That's why you need coins. Huh? There's coins. There's probably not a lot of fat. They call like a pence or something. What do they call them? Yeah. Okay. The Mike Pence. The Mike Pences. He's another guy. Yeah. Wow. That's, so, what, that's what they're worried about. Yeah, they're they're very concerned that there's animal fat in their banknotes. That makes sense. Do you want why? animal fat in your dollar bills? Sure. Do you know if there is or not? Well, I'm sure. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in there. And there's a lot of junk in those dollars. There's a tracking little element in there to help it so they know where you are. That's sad. I think there's uh, horse hair in it, too. Mm. Makes it bouncy. Really? Yeah. Any other headlines we need to worry about before we take a break? and Eating more chocolate might make you smarter? Really? What do you think? Do you think that's real? For sure. My mom says it's... Helped her a lot. A recent study by an Australian nutrition researcher and colleagues that analyzed data uh, generated by a huge Maine Syracuse longitudinal study. Those are my favorite. Mm. Which has tracked lifestyle factors and healthy outcomes in nearly 1,000 people for decades. And they found yeah. that if you eat chocolate, yummy, delicious chocolate, these scientists are actually recommending you eat more of this food to become smarter. Oh, interesting. That makes sense. I... Uh I found some news that certain foods cause headaches. It says the team saw a connection between at least weekly chocolate uh, eating and improved visual spatial memory and organization, working memory, scanning and tracking, abstract reasoning, and the mini mental state examination. I'm not sure what that is. In short, chocolate appears to make your brain work better. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's totally true. All you got to do is test it. A follow-up study confirmed that more, more consumption of the sweet stuff led to improved cognitive function. Really? More consumption of chocolate, more chocolate. led to more cognitive function. It yeah. also improved my ability to be more winded and less energetic. <laughs> really? Is that what caused that? It, so it's an improvement. I'm more so. able to do those things now. That's great. That's not what you were going for, right? No, but it was just a, a happy side effect. <laughs> oh, you're sad. Do you think that's a uh, accurate study? Yes. You do? Yeah. You support all chocolate? I think anything that you do with chocolate, it's good. Even take you. a bath in it? Yeah. Like the Nutella guy? That was nuts. <laughs> it was that hazelnut. That's, what it was. that's what it was. Yeah. So that's why we need a real expert to help us, a true nutritionist. Karen Mangum's going to be joining us. Mother... Of Tanner Mangum, quarterback of BYU, will be leading the Cougars in just a few days, hopefully to a big victory. Stick with us. We're talking how to avoid holiday weight gain with nutritionist Karen Mangum. Stick with us. This is Matt Townsend's show. We'll be right back.
Well, during the holiday season, Santa isn't the only one who keeps his figure by eating Christmas cookies and candy canes. We can all end up looking like old St. Nick if we aren't careful. And the sweets and treats these next few weeks, got to be careful. They'll get you. You know, eggnog, pumpkin pie, gingerbread men can be tempting. They can also be dangerous to our health. Come January, the Christmas spirit should be lingering in our hearts, not our waists. So today we have registered dietitian, nutrition consultant, Karen Mangum, with us to uh, walk us through how to have a healthy, happy, you know, weight-conscious holiday season. Karen, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. I'm happy to be with you, Matt. Good to have you. And mommy of Tanner, Mangum. (laughs) I am Tanner's mommy. You're his favorite mom. We all know that. (laughs) So, Karen. He's... Yep. No, I love. Uh, I I I met you the other day, and um, I'm just impressed with your kids. Um, but I'm impressed too that if you go to your website in uh, Inside Karen's Kitchen, you you're a nutritionist. You know, first and foremost, you're not. I mean, you raise these incredible kids, but you're trying to make them healthy as well. Well, I'm I'm a mommy first, but I've also been um, in, enjoyed a career as a registered dietitian for over 30 years. And uh, in fact, in the last 15 years, I have been focusing on what's called bariatric nutrition. Mm. And that is individuals who are preparing for or who have had weight loss surgery. So I learned a great deal about, you know, losing weight and keeping it off and, uh, what's important and particularly at the holidays i mean this is a tough time there's no question it really is it's it's a dangerous time it seems like because there's certain things that only come out at this time of year uh fruit cake thank heavens um but eggnog that we we just got to try it all how do we how do we go about trying it all um and not you know end up losing our waistline well, you want to enjoy a few things now and then. There's no question that as there's, you know, the, as you said, this is a special time for certain things that mean a lot to you. And if there's some real, you know, um, emotional con- connection with certain things, then you want to allow yourself those things. But there, there can be balance. There really can be. And here's the little tip that I think that most of your listeners might appreciate, and that is that. You know, in January, we start these health goals, but I would suggest that you actually start thinking about them now. Mm. Think about, you know, go ahead and think about your health and staying healthy, but also trying to fit in a few of your favorite things and being, being very selective. So it kind of starts with establishing some patterns during the holidays, just like you would in January. Establish some patterns. You know, um, get up, maybe get some exercise in if you can, because obviously if we can work out, if we can move our bodies earlier in the day, we're more likely to get that done than if we wait till the end of the day. We're too tired. There's too much to do. Events, parties. Um, I don't know about you, but there's lots of things going on in the evenings, mm. it seems, this time of year, where in the mornings, maybe that's a better time. Get up a little bit earlier and get some body movement in. Because that's the key. Um, it seems then, like once you're moving and you get the body going, yeah. uh, it makes it easier to kind of keep it going. Exactly. If you, and even if you just establish a pattern, maybe three times a week and nothing, you know, not like every day, just 
get some movement going. I think that's a way to help. Uh, it also motivates you to be more selective in your food choices, too, knowing that I'm working out, I'm trying to stay healthy, um, and always eat a breakfast. That's something really, really key to get the day going. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people think, I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll save all my calories for that holiday party or uh, for the goodies at work. Um, but it's really a good idea to just go ahead and establish a good pattern of eating a breakfast, some type of protein, um, and a fresh fruit and raw vegetables, something um, like an egg omelet or um, even a smoothie uh, or um, oatmeal with fruit and a little nuts on top, you know, so something that will keep you going all day long. Mm. And you, um, you make it a point to one of your rules is aim for five fruits or veggies a day. Our goal is to hit, hit the mark of five. That's a really good goal. And and I know that doesn't always include, you know, um, all the goodies too, but if if you can try to focus on getting some type of fruit or vegetable. So in the morning, you know, that's sometimes a hard time, but, um, every day I'll just grab like a, a, an apple and some string cheese. And if I'm late, I'll, that's what I'll eat on the way to work, listening to your show Mm. on the way to work. And, um, or I'll, uh, grab, uh, if I have time, I'll make a um, omelet with some vegetables in it, and that's a way to get some of those fresh fruits and veggies in the morning. At lunchtime, sometimes it's easy just to go grab a salad, or um, these days you can do lettuce wrap sandwiches. Those are great. Um, uh, all right. Make sure you add some type of a bring some type of a vegetable or a fruit for your lunch meal. Um, dinners are often times to just eat wonderful salads or steamed vegetables. And before you know it, you've got five vegetables and, and or fruits in every day. I mean, if, if, that, if that's all you could do was, would be five vegetables or fruits a day, that's a huge – because that also replaces five other things that you didn't eat. And that's exactly right. In fact, if you really think about your plate and um, divide it in, in half, and then one of those halves divide in half as well. So you, if you've got this left side of your plate, and if you can fill half of your plate with fruits and vegetables, and then the other quarter would be some type of a protein, mm. and then the other quarter would be maybe some type of a whole grain, like a rice or a noodle or pasta or even a potato. But just a small portion. We have it all kind of reversed in this country. We eat so many um heavy carbs and starchy foods over like a half the plate when in fact that really should just be a smaller portion. Um, and that, if you eat like that, then you can actually really enjoy some of your holiday foods and not feel so much guilt at all. Yeah. I mean, cause really, if you've done that, then you might not have room for a lot of stuff anyway, but you could then probably have a little treat. Exactly. And it's okay to have a little treat, even every day if you want. I make um, my mother's, actually it's my grandmother's, caramel recipe. Mm. And although it's not on the blog, I haven't put it on there. Get it up there. Come on. At some point, I might throw it on the blog, but just as a sentimental thing, because it's definitely, there is nothing healthy about them. You know, it's butter and sugar and cream. and um, But one of those 
a day, even a couple a day, you know, just gives me that nice um, kind of emotional, sentimental Mm -hmm. feeling about the holidays. I have a real connection with those caramels and the holidays. And I allow myself a few of those every day and share them with friends. And, um, you know, and if I ate a whole pan of those every day, I would be sicker than a dog. But I really enjoy that. And, And so if you can be selective, don't eat things that you... You know, you know they're not that great just for the sake of them being there. Like if there's cookies in the break room at work and and you take a little bite and you realize, oh, okay, well, these are good but not great. <laughs> um, you know, don't waste your calories. Um, find something even better, maybe even like that chocolate we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You, in fact, you brought that up that um, – This is kind of – you've got to know your temptation, right? But then you also have to be selective in knowing that you only have so many calories, so Mm -hmm. don't waste your calories. I mean if you want to go get a caramel, get a caramel. Make it work. Make it it a really good choice. Don't just waste your calories by trying everything. I, I agree, and I know that takes some discipline, you know, to decide, well, what is it I really, really want? So. Um, like if you're at a party and you know there's going to be an awesome dessert play, you know, awesome dessert table, but they're also serving, you know, um, finger foods in addition to that. So a good rule of thumb is to perhaps grab your plate, take a look at all of the food that's available there. Just kind of walk mm. up and down the food aisles a little bit and decide what it is that is most important to you. Always look for the protein first. So if there's like little meatballs or chicken skewers or shrimp, and um, grab those first on your plate. Then look for the fruits and vegetables. There probably always will be a big fruit tray or big vegetable tray. Always fill up my plate with those things. And then go sit down and enjoy your food away from the food table. Mm. Um, And then... After you're done with that, go up to the dessert table and find something that's really, really, you know, looks really wonderful that you can't live without. And, and you know, take a few of each and decide which ones you want to have and in, enjoy them. Enjoy each bite thoroughly, you know, enjoying the smells and the textures and the flavors. And so it's a real, you know, kind of um, sensual experience with that um, little dessert that you're eating. That's that way it. you can really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, that's actually it just for a minute there. I thought I was like cheating on my wife because it's it's such great advice that it's but you made it. It's it's intentional. It's a selection process. But I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the dessert bar and look at it, find out what I want most and then and then make my pick. Be selective. Interesting insight, folks. Uh, We'll take a break more with Karen Mangum when we come back. Go check out her website, InsideKaren'sKitchen.com. Great insight in how to to manage your eating. Wonderful recipes there as well, especially if you're you're trying to create a balanced, uh, bariatric-friendly recipe as well, one of her specialties. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Joining us on the line, Karen Mangum is with us. She is a uh, mother of five grown children, including BYU's football starting starting quarterback now, Tanner Mangum. Uh, Also um, is a registered dietitian, seasoned recipe developer, food blogger, and nutrition consultant. Um, Also a licensed registered dietitian as well. Runs a wonderful blog, Inside Karen's Kitchen. And we uh, have her on the show because we like to pick her brain and figure out how to stay trim and slim this holiday season. Karen, again, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome. It's fun to be here, Matt. Love what you're teaching us. Stay moving. You've taught us. Aim for five fruits and vegetables a day. Be selective. You know, don't waste your calories. Like, I, I love how intentional you make it. I mean, I've never thought of going all the way through the line to see what we've got before we start piling stuff on our plate. That's like a brand. That's brilliant. Like, I've never done that. <laughs> I, I know, just we're, we're you start piling it. Aren't we? we really are. And you, so, and you like you ought to try everything. You, I think you should. I think you should try everything. But there's an interesting um, concept in eating and a lot of studies on kind of how to make sure that we feel like we're in control. And, and one of the interesting concepts about eating is that we can develop something called flavor fatigue. And, it, you know, the first bite is wonderful. Even the second bite, even the second bite is very, very good. By the third bite, we pretty much understand what it is we're eating. Hmm. And if we're very intentional about it, we're chewing slowly, uh, taking our time, that even after the third bite, it becomes more of a routine and we don't enjoy it as much. So honestly, just a little bite, um, you know, like almost um, fun size type mm-hmm. uh, are the, I mean, that's brilliant. In in one way, it's brilliant. In another way, it's dangerous because a lot of times we maybe become mindless. That's and it. And we stop thinking and we just start popping those things in our mouths and not think about it. I mean, look how we eat popcorn at yeah. a movie theater. We're not even thinking. But that's that's and what it, just, that's a, that's a pretty telling thing, right? We a lot of this we right. aren't engaged doing it. We're just shoveling it in. Exactly. And that's part of our challenge, and especially during the holidays, is to become much more mindful. On my on my website at Inside Karen's Kitchen, under the Nutrition Truth tab, I have a whole um, series of articles about mindfulness, and that's a whole other thing we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, we will time. for sure. I love that topic. It's very very important. It relates so much to eating, but particularly during the holidays, you know, just being aware of your um, where you are and even your hunger level. Like when you go to a party, uh, it's really not a good idea to be terribly hungry when you go to a holiday <laughs> party because um, there's probably not going to be a wide variety of healthy foods there, most likely. Um, it's So it's a good idea maybe to eat a little something healthy, a little half sandwich or maybe a tortilla and cheese before you go to the party. And then once you get there, you won't be so ravenous or hungry that you'll end up eating things that you regret later. But, um, you know, you want to enjoy. And so the holidays are about enjoying um, the food. But remember, the holidays are also much more about the people Mm. you're with. Um, so focus on the people, right? Focus on yeah, socializing. Focus on the people. I I agree. I love. You know, I just sometimes will grab a uh, uh, non 
caloric uh, beverage and stand and just find one of my favorite people and go stand next to them and, and pick their brains for a mm. while and, you know, not worry about the food so much and um, just enjoy uh, getting to know people and um, learning more about them. Um, that's a big part of the holidays, too, is reconnecting with people. What should I do about my um, my temptations, the things that I'm most tempted by? What do I do about mm-hmm. those foods that seem to call my name? If you if those are real trigger foods, and that's what we call them, is trigger foods, um, and those are real. Those are things that maybe you have some type of emotional connection that uh, maybe can trigger emotions in you. And it all depends on kind of how what that temptation is all about. We'd have to kind of figure that out. Um, you and me. Yeah. But if we were to um, say it's a real emotional food and that you want to have a little bit of it, I would highly recommend you um, try not to bring it into the house um, a regular, but maybe go out to get it if mm. you needed it. And, and just once in a while and you make it an event and you enjoy it and you love it and there's no guilt associated because you fit it into your eating pattern and, um, and then it's not something you feel badly about at all because you've made it work. It's made it, it's been a, a part of your um, meal pattern. Yeah. So, but the problem is when we bring these things into the house and they're just there in front of us. And so environmentally, you can change a lot of things. Like sometimes I'll put, oh, some chocolates or, um, like, uh, oh, I know nuts is another good example. I put them in the freezer. And so they're out of my mind, they're mm. out of my sight. And, uh, but occasionally if I need them, then I can pull them out of the freezer and they're ready available for me if I need them. There you go. So controlling your environment, um, is a good idea. Not having things, um, I'll have, uh, some of my clients will keep nuts on their desk or, things in their drawers and you know that's just too available it's just it's just so get them out that's right away yeah move them away control your environment so that they're not exactly you know that you're you're not thinking about them so much hey what are you what are you going to be doing on wednesday december 21st at about 7 p.m you know what it's going to be an exciting time uh we're all heading down to san diego for the game yeah Um, yes i mean this is really exciting time for tanner and our family is it hard on Um, mom to sit and watch this well i will say this uh you know when Taysom went down um in the game obviously i feel terrible for Taysom. he 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 got so far we thought for sure he was going to finish the season strong and he is such an incredible warrior and that's what i call him he's my warrior Mm. um, athlete i just really love watching him play so it's now tanner's turn and he's going to step up and he's excited to to get in there now and play um so but definitely my blood pressure starts to increase <laughs> dramatically when he had to go in anytime he goes in. Oh, I bet. Um, both Michael and I are pretty um, anxious. Um, but we we know this is what he loves to do, and he is so excited out there on the field. He shows no nerves. You know, he just um, goes in and does his thing. And so as parents, we almost just have to sit back and say, let's just watch him have fun out yeah. there. And oh, that's wow. what he does. Well, he's That's a neat he kid. Well, and then next year, Thank it's you. all Tanner. I mean, you did a great job. Yeah. That's yeah, why it's going to be fun. We're going to have you on the show a lot, Karen. We're going to have you on a lot because we got to pick your brain <laughs> to figure out fun. how you created such a stud. Uh, well, you and Michael, <laughs> I'm sure. 
Well, Karen, thank you so much. Have a wonderful um, time. We'll talk to you soon, I know. And uh, our prayers go out to to uh, to your family this next couple of weeks. I know there's a lot of stress there. Karen Mangum's her name. Go check out her website. It really is a wonderful resource for all of us. InsideKarensKitchen.com. InsideKarensKitchen.com to keep us uh, healthier and happier this holiday season. We'll take a break. We'll come back, visit our good buddies at BYU Sports Nation. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Ah, so good to be back. We're going to shoot it down to our good buddies, Spencer and Jerem. Hello, gentlemen. How are you Hello, doing today? What's up, dog? How are, been, how are you, you feeling, bro? I, I've been a little sick, but I'm feeling I, I couldn't tell I'm feeling better today. I just can't. My voice is gone. I understand that 100%. Trust and me, I do. You know what that's like. I know the perfect remedy. What? A three-hour talk show. A three-hour talk show will do the trick. Just get some Krispy Kreme hot chocolate on the way home, Matt. Mm. Let it scald your throat, and it will bring the sultry tones back the way that you mm, want them. The sultry tones. These are words of wisdom. You yes. guys you guys never get sick, do you? Uh, do you remember when I lost my voice for like 10 straight days? I'm pretty yeah. sure there's a drop on your board somewhere. No, that was it. With my, yeah, my when you sounded like a, se- uh, like a seal. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It was horrible, guys. I thought about you every day, and I'm like, oh, I miss my brethren. Hey, well, we're glad to have you back. I hope you didn't. I almost died. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I really didn't die. I wasn't anywhere near dead. But, uh, hey, here's a question for you. Okay. Um, Guns in the stadium. Oh. Did you hear about that new law they're trying to pass up in uh, Washington? State uh, up in Washington? Washington. Please inform us, Matt. Uh, guns. They're trying to. They're trying to make guns legal to take into stadiums. But NFL. That's a bad, 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 bad idea. It seems like a really bad idea. There's alcohol. There's a lot of contention and anger, and I think referees would be in trouble. So I'm pretty sure that that uh, little proposition is going to get shot down. <laughs> shot. No, no yeah. pun intended. A hundred percent. Yeah. Shot. Should be shot done, down dead. Yes. Yeah, you don't think it's a good idea, is what you're saying? No. Oh. Nah. I mean, didn't the, didn't Louisville's team just get in trouble because some of them were celebrating last night Lamar Jackson's win of the Heisman Trophy, and apparently one of their people got shot. Oh, good grief! You don't you don't mess with guns. There was a picture that came out of it Lamar it Jackson happens. hanging out with Johnny Manziel in his hotel room. Oh no, really? And our friend. Yeah. Adam Amin from ESPN just quoted the tweet and said, No! No, Lamar! don't do it. <laughs> Lamar, come on, brother. There was a picture of uh, Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel. Someone tweeted, Whenever you have a decision to make, these two pop up. On yes, yes. one's a shoulder <laughs> angel. That's so true. Oh, that's good, though. Oh, them standing next to each other is just loaded. Hey, oh. did you hear who we just Again, had on our show? Reference. We just guess who we just we just had um, Tanner Mangum's mother on our show, Karen Mangum. Yeah, Karen, Karen, Karen is salt of the earth, Karen's right? Great. She's our she she's a nutritionist. Her, she is she's going to be our uh, a, a regular on our show now, being our our food nutritionist expert. That's great. I believe it's Karen we, Mangum. Mangum. <laughs> we needed someone post food nanny. That's I think right. Karen, That's right. Let's go rescue dinner. She's she's fantastic, and she's she's got her son all ready to play. That's good. He's all legumed up. Yeah, 
<laughs> Karen Mangum has legumed Tanner Mangum. legumed up. <laughs> all, all legumed up. Hey, um, you guys are still doing your show, right? I've been that gone we a week. Are, well, we're sitting here. So that we are, my yeah. friend. Listen, what? you're you're seven minutes away from not having to talk for a oh, while. I can hardly wait. I just and want to hear you guys. hot chocolate. So yeah. let's uh, fill me in. Let's yeah. Let's let's do that. BYU takes down Colorado in mm. basketball. An enormous. Important, crucial, clutch win for the Cougars. Cougars beat the Buffs. That's Why awesome. Why that really matters this early in the season. Ken Pomeroy, stats guru. He's a uh, National College Basketball media member. He will join us. Uh, he was at the game Saturday. His take on BYU hoops through 10 games. And ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Poinsettia Bowl matchup with Wyoming. What kind of a chance he gives BYU against the Cowboys. And what's the number one thing he learned that surprised him about first-year head coach Kalani Satake? Mm. And the men's volleyball, there's two men's volleyball things out, even though the season starts in a little under a month. The uh, coaches poll, is BYU the preseason pick to win it or not? And uh, off the block, a uh, national media member, they uh, produced the All-American list. I vote on that. Spencer helps me. Really? Uh, yeah. And uh, how many BYU guys made a preseason All-American list? And listen, volleyball? Matt, there was there was a BYU alum and former football star involved in a game-winning NFL play yesterday. What? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Can you tell us the team? We will coming up. Oh, yep. my lost. Coming up. What Ryan a wonderful Secret. tease. Coming up. That was a great tease, gentlemen. Hey. It's such a tease. We're doing what we can. Man, you're good. Matt doubts it. Feel better, my friend. I will. Thank you. And um, remember that you are loved, both of you. Thank you. Don't you kind of like being a bass, though? I. It's all about and that bass. You know what I mean? Yeah. All about that bass. All about it. <laughs> Yikes. Love him. <laughs> Love him. Leave him. See you, guys. Have a Bye. great show. It's all about the bass. I think I've always been a bass. Except for when I was a tenor. Not to brag, but when I was in choir, I play. I was a tenor a lot. And then, lately, I've been a bass. Now I'm a deep, deep bass. Actually, I'm actually feel like I'm. I've lost my depth. I'm kind of. You're more of a smoker bass. Yeah, it's more of a smoker bass, which is bad because I don't even smoke. Yeah, it's not good. Hey, um. Got a little update for all y'all. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but nearly half of Americans are overweight. And half of those people don't that are overweight don't even realize they're overweight. That's how pathetic we are. Hmm. We in denial. We are in denial. Seventy point four percent of the country are overweight. Or obese, thirty-six percent think they're overweight. So, you know, we're we're in, we're deluding ourselves, folks. We're if you're overweight, if you've got if you've got some belly hanging over your belt, you might be overweight. Maybe there's a problem with our eyes because it seems no matter whether whether we're thin or fat, we can never see what's truly there. No. This is all according to a new Gallup data. 70% of the country is overweight, but 36% think they're overweight. So here's a little challenge we're going to throw out to everybody. Ask your doctor. Next time you go to the doctor, say, hey, do you, do you think I'm fat? Just ask that. And if your doctor says, yeah, 
then you're fat. Believe him. He's not doing it to be rude. He's doing it because, you know, somebody's got to get it in your head. You might be overweight. But apparently we are in denial. And according to this study that Yale put together, um, we're okay with it. As long as we keep pretending like it's not us, it's the other people. Men, a lot of us, we actually think we are at our ideal weight. The ideal weight for a man is 194 pounds, um, according to this study. But the, uh, their actual weight, no, their, their ideal weight, men, is, say, is 182, but their actual weight is 194. We weigh about 12 pounds more than we actually think is ideal. Okay, so can I take your advice? Yeah. As a doctor, do you think I'm fat? No. Why did you look down and smirk well, I, as you said that? No, I was just checking my, I was checking my watch. Your watch is on your hand. Yeah, that's weird. You're not overweight. Just see your other doctor. Okay. I'm overweight. I'm starting a brand new health regimen this week, which is a bad week to start it because I can't even breathe. <laughs> oh, well. Hey, um, Secret Santa pays off overdue lunch. Here's the hero of the day, folks. A kind-hearted stranger has paid off more than $900 in overdue lunch balances for students at an elementary school in Hermione, Pennsylvania. We're calling him our Secret Santa, said the principal, Amy Larsoness, of H.W. Good Elementary School. She said that today a gentleman who did not want to be identified made a generous offer over the phone that uh, she just was stunned by. We are stunned. We're so thankful. We have a lot of families in this really hard that are going through hard times right now, and he is making such a difference in their life. Listen to this. 300 students from kindergarten to fourth grade have been helped, um, needed the help, and 44 of those children were helped by this one guy. The principal added that the mystery man also offered to help one family that is struggling significantly more than others for paying for their children's meals for the rest of the month. He said the parents of these 44 students uh, that were helped by Secret Santa they had all their balances cleared, which means they're no longer in debt, and now they can move forward and, uh, and get the meals they need for these kids. So one man, seeing the need, steps up, takes care of it. That, my friend, is a hero. He's a secret Santa, but more importantly, he's reaching out to those in need. That's really what makes a hero, and uh, we challenge everybody. Step up. Let's take care of each other during this holiday season. Heck, let's take care of each other always. That's the show, my friends. We'll be back tomorrow. More ideas, more information to help you live longer, lead healthier, happier lives. Until then, go be the light for other people and make it a great one. We'll talk again tomorrow.